0: This is She Talk Live. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. This is your host, Stephanie, with you tonight. And I have in the studio my two favorite ladies. We've got... Uh, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Antigone, darling. And Carla. Yes, indeed. And thank you so much, ladies, for coming in with me tonight. It's always a pleasure. We always have a, a great fun when we do this together. Um, <laughs> so we have many things to discuss tonight. Uh, a very full plate in front of us. And we've had some... Uh, Some amazing Facebook uh, suggestions (laughs) about what to talk about tonight. So we'll we'll definitely be getting to uh, a lot of issues on the table. But uh, if you uh, want to spread the message of liberty, share us with your friends, get some other people to listen. Go ahead and point them to listen.freetalklive.com where you can see us on the studio cam doing what we do. And of course, you can give us a call if you want to share your thoughts with us. Our number is 603-435-1105. And one more time, that's 603. You want to do the round table? 603, 435, 1105. Excellent. <laughs> Yes, I, I kind of put Antigone on the spot there, but uh,
1: as long as I
2: have, to, as long as I can do the four three five part,
0: I'm okay.
1: <laughs> I know, and I was sort of like, what comes after four three five?
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're the professional here, Stephanie. All right, well, I'll, I'll try to be professional as possible, but I can't make any guarantees. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, somebody suggested to us a couple weeks ago uh, that there should be a She Talk Live drinking game. <laughs> that every time Stephanie giggles, you take a drink.
1: All right. I, I, I'll take dangerous. one for the team. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. Yes. And of course, we're just having some coffee and tea here in the studio. Uh, We would never do anything of the sort, uh, you know, drinking on air. But but, never. But it brings up a serious uh, point, actually, is that, uh, you know, I I have my own podcast as well. It's called Pork Therapy. If you want to listen, you can go to porktherapy.com. And that's, of course, P-O-R-C therapy. And I giggle a lot on that show, too, to be totally honest. You know, if I step back and look objectively at, at every time I'm on, you know, some audio format, I'm I'm giggling a lot. I think giggling <laughs> is good. I don't know. I mean yes, I think on one hand it's good to be uh positive, I guess, to sound upbeat and to be excited about what you're doing. And I certainly I feel I feel that I am excited to be here. Um but sometimes I do feel like when I giggle a lot it comes off as maybe nervous or Like, I'm not confident in what I'm saying. What do you ladies think about that? Oh, not not necessarily necessarily me, but just anybody, you know, kind of that nervous laughter. Do you think it's it's kind of better to try to cut that out? Or do you like to be playful when you're on the air? Being playful is fine. But I find that if I'm listening to a
2: podcast for information or for whatever, if there's a lot of it, I'm just kind of like, okay, can you get to the subject matter, please? Mm -hmm. No offense, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> no none um, taken i i want feedback about that because i kind of do giggle don't. a lot okay all right
1: but oh so listeners aren't you delighted to know that tonight
0: you will have a giggle free show i don't think i think we, think we can we make failed that already.
2: yes, yes we, we have already failed at that
0: <laughs> well we do have a caller on the line now uh, before we get to carla's thoughts uh let's see what this caller thinks about our giggling <laughs> women in liberty or maybe some other very much more important topics <laughs> so uh caller you're on the air who's this
3: Oh, day, ladies, it's Richard in Australia, how are you?
0: Hello Richard, you have a very nice uh, voice, I would like to say. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Thank you. Um, I don't mind the the giggling at all, but what I called up about is I'm having a back and forth conversation with a mate of mine just on freedom and liberty, etc. I wanted your help in giving me a good answer to his question of if we have private ownership of of land and property, et cetera, Mm -hmm. what stops money concentrating in fewer and fewer hands? And I just don't have a good response for him. So what's your opinion?
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thank you so much for the question. We'll we'll keep you on the line so we can uh, have a dialogue. But the first thing that comes to my mind is... um, You know, maybe in a totally free society, there would be some people who would have more money than others. I think that's uh, kind of inevitable. But uh, right now, the society in which we live, the government is is so instrumental in uh, sort of giving out corporate welfare and kind of giving favors to their buddies. Uh, the, you know, the people in industry so-called who are friends with the politicians. And then they, they use the government to enact these laws that pro, you know, prohibit uh smaller competition from coming up. And, uh, Yep. I'm th- I'm thinking of, you know, different industries, like, for instance, maybe, you know, there's a mega corporation and, uh, you know, the government enacts some kind of law that says, OK, well, each each toy you make, you have to get it uh, inspected and tested for lead. Well, you know, like a small toy company wouldn't be able to afford that. And so they wouldn't come up and they wouldn't be able to compete. But for the huge toy company, oh, it's no problem. They just hire a few extra lawyers or corporate bureaucrats. And, you know, they're, it doesn't affect them at all. So I think that the government we have today is... Is actually playing a role in in protecting some people who have you know these huge amounts of money what do you think about that
3: yeah look he can he can partly see that, and I've certainly put that argument uh to him. Mm-hmm. what his concern is in the system that i would would like to to have which is probably the the, the free system that we all uh aspire to he doesn't understand what. Um, things such as, say, say ostracism, people's freedom of choice to Mm -hmm. put their money to wherever they they want. He doesn't understand how that's actually going to work. Now, I don't know whether that's because he has sort of a small faith in humanity and doesn't really trust people, Mm -hmm. but I just don't have an argument that I seem to be able to uh, capture him with.
0: So are you... um is your friend maybe talking about, let, let's make this a little more com- concrete, is he talking about maybe like, uh, for instance, people who would own a factory and would hire people for very low wages? He's saying like what would stop workers from being exploited, that kind of thing?
3: Uh, look, that's, that's, that's one example. His mm-hmm. uh, opinion is that it would go into almost a feudal lord with serfs type of system because the big guys would hire more and more uh, and and get more and more power, and the little guy, and he, he, he speaks almost a little bit in socialist speak, but the mm. little guy would be unable to do anything about it because they just wouldn't have the power. And I suppose that's really the, the nub of my question, what's mm-hmm. going to people the power?
2: Well, what you just described sounds like our system now.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, That is
2: exactly our system now. You can't just yes. go start a competing company. But in a voluntary society, you know what? Screw you guys. I don't like how I'm being treated here. I'm going to go start my own business with my own skill sets and with what I can do. I don't need to go pay licensing fees and permit fees and go beg a politician to allow me
0: to start competition. Mm -hmm. And another thing I would add is that sometimes uh, the the so-called little guy is the little guy because he's been basically trained by the government schools to be an obedient worker that just, uh, you know, slaves away at a, at a low-wage job and pays, uh, you know, is milked for taxes as a tax livestock, basically. Right. And That's I think a good point, yes. government school really adds into that paradigm. Carla, you look like you had something to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it does boil back down to the free market and sort of really fully understanding what that is. So in in this scenario, the little guy or the exploited worker if you want to be the most successful in a free market, you have to satisfy both your customers and your employees. I mean, and so, right. you know, if you had a big company who was sort of doing this exploitative thing, you would be able to create a competitor because you would not have monopolies in the way we do now or the oligarchies. And um, there would be no reason why the the guy next door could go, well, I want to to also sell sneakers for sake of argument, mm-hmm. but I'm going to pay a fair wage or I'm going to give this kind of bonus, or I'm going to do this thing. So I think the market would figure it out. yeah I so do, too- do.
3: you feel that it's, do you feel that it's more a case of I probably haven't made the advantages of the free market clear enough to him for him to come to that realization that in that free market scenario It wouldn't be a problem that existed.
1: I think that's probably correct. And also with the free market, you know, the way maybe to frame it for him that Mm. may make it more accessible is to explain that you have.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're coming up on the break, Richard, but we'll hold you over for sure. If you if you want to get some more thoughts on this question, is that okay?
1: Yeah, no worries.
3: Cool. Okay.
0: cool, we'll hold on to you But uh, coming up next on She Talk Live We'll be delving more into this question I think it's a good, uh, a good way to frame the free market Some people are anti-market We'll talk more about that when we get back This is She Talk Live We return 603-435-1105 Give us a call This is She Talk Live Thank you for tuning in, and welcome back. This is Stephanie here with you, and Antigone and Carla. Yes, and we once again thank you so much for listening. You can check us out at uh, freetalklive dot We call ourselves She Talk Live, but uh, the rest of the week and uh, let's see twenty nine days out of the month, it's Free Talk Live. So you can catch them with Ian and Mark and all their cool co hosts over at Freetalklive.com. Go to uh, news.freetalklive.com for all kinds of updates. Uh, You can get on the mailing list, uh, find them on Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. And if you want to give us a call tonight, uh, you can call in and share your thoughts with us at 603-435-1105. I'm sorry, the ladies thought I was going to do the (laughs) roundtable again. (laughs) That was a little bit of a fail, but next time I'll give you fair warning. I promise. I'm getting the raised eyebrow. <laughs> anyway, so before the break, we were um, talking with Richard all the way from Australia. Are you still there, Richard? Yep, still here. Wonderful. So uh, just to give a quick uh, recap of what we discussed last segment, I I think uh, Richard had a friend he was talking to, and the friend was um, kind of concerned about you know the little guy getting stepped on by people who... Uh, had money and wealth concentrated in their hands if there were going to be a truly free and voluntary society. Is that uh, kind of in a nutshell, Richard?
3: Yeah, that's a good summation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, we were kind of giving our thoughts about this subject. And uh, I, before the break, we were talking about um, sort of the free market and and framing the free market to someone who may be coming from uh, kind of an anti market perspective so someone who kind of uh, i guess you could call him like a like a leftist or maybe a socialist or some someone who doesn 't really uh, understand it- economics probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah or or who just just for whatever reason that that term or maybe the word like capitalist mm-hmm. just doesn 't appeal to them
1: and i 'm glad you bring that up because that 's what I wanted to say right before we went to the break is. Um, You know, the free market, I think, in a lot of ways, the term even has a bad rap. Mm -hmm, And so maybe one of the ways that you could frame things is to try and sort of make it more appealing by really trying to sort of get at the nuts and bolts of what a voluntarist society would look like. So really speak in the language of how much choice he would have. So the ideas of free choice or um, Mm -hmm. market choice and sort of really emphasizing that idea of, you know what, within this world, um, even though, yes, it is a capitalistic system and a free market, um, instead of looking at that from that perspective, to look at it from the perspective of, wow, I am going to be able to decide and do for myself. And so will my neighbors and my friends and society at large.
0: Yeah, and and you'll be unencumbered by a huge government that requires you to pay, you know, huge amounts of money, fees, licenses, taxes, you name it, and prevents you actually by a regulation from doing things like being an entrepreneur. Right. Um, But I would actually say uh, my advice on this would be to avoid words like capitalism or free market. Actually, I would probably say... you know, voluntary society or something like that. It looks like she has a comment. Well, no, I, I don't disagree with you there,
2: but it's uh-huh. kind of like, OK, well, people have started not using the term capitalism because of, you know, yeah. how the media has screwed it up or whatever. And so use free market. And now it's like, wow, you can take free market away from its definition, too. <laughs> and then you go to voluntary society. And
0: and then what? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I definitely see yeah, where you're but, coming from. Richard, just sorry. Go look, ahead. He's.
3: Probably, he's- He's probably not a rabid socialist, and we've had like a few nights on the Terps, so a lot of those terms have already, um, I suppose, already been shared between us. Mm. Uh, for, for me, it seems more that he doesn't trust that the system is not going to create many of the inequalities that he sees now that make him err towards the socialist side of of thinking
1: well Hmm. i mean you could argue that you know the inequalities that we see now is a result of a system trying to protect against that so that's like a double irony in some ways
0: yeah i have an idea too um have you ever asked him richard um if he like have you ever asked him hey you know um i want kids to be able to go to school and i want them to get a good quality education and um if if there were a way for kids to um Go to different kinds of schools, you know, maybe where they could uh, do a little more self directed learning and I agreed with the curriculum. I would give a kid a scholarship, you know I would pay for someone else 's kid I just don't want to be forced by property taxes to do that, um, and then ask him turn the tables around on him and ask hey would you would you sponsor a kid to go to school? would you give give blood? would you give you know money to a charity hospital? ever had a conversation yeah, look,
3: that's, look, that pro- probably with with you saying that's that's possibly going to be more fruitful turning it around in those instances and asking him uh his opinion because I can get a little bit preachy with him I su- <laughs> suppose so uh yeah that's 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 a good idea I'll I'll try that approaches as, as well
0: yeah and another another tactic maybe sort of just sort of acknowledging where he's coming from and say hey you know it, it really sounds like you you care about people a lot and you want everybody to have a good education and a good place to live and enough money to survive and so forth. And I totally do too. Um, and I just I think that uh, there are much better ways to do it than uh, you know taking s- basically stealing money from everybody by force and uh, doing these these programs that are really not effective at all at accomplishing their goals.
3: Okay. Well, look, I'll, I'll give that a whirl. So, look, okay. I'll Excellent. Let you get on with. Get on with your stuff. Um, Yeah, please
0: give us a follow up, Richard. We'd be interested in uh, seeing how it goes. All right, no worries. Good on you. Thank you. (laughs) Anything else on your mind? (laughs) Okay, thanks for Uh, the call.
3: No, there's always stuff on my mind, but that'll do (laughs) today. Thanks for your time.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. All right, good luck and thanks for the call, Richard. (laughs) All right, so. yeah, I think th- I think that was good advice, ladies. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add? I well, think this is a really common scenario. It, yes,
1: I I think it is, and it's something that comes up a lot and is important. And Stephanie, I was really glad you you mentioned so the private charities and that idea, and maybe another thing one could add to that is to sort of take the idea of. Imagine how generous people could be if half their money wasn't stolen. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you factor in all the taxes we pay and, you know, let's say the rate is between 30 to 50 percent of your money, just, you
0: know, I've heard I've heard more
2: than much that. higher because right. that's income taxes and then yeah. sales tax and, Un- you know, understood. But
1: let's, you sure. know, because a lot of times someone like this would, you know, you don't want to start fighting about the statistic. You want sure. to, you know, so you. Give them something where they're like, oh, okay, that sounds feasible, you know. Mm -hmm. So maybe lowball them on the the number, but then really emphasize that idea of, you know, when the tsunami hit and people were so incredibly generous. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do think a lot of that may have been like the credit card bubble. So that's a separate sort of economic conversation. But the idea of how how much more generous we all would be in a voluntary society because you're going to mm-hmm. be wealthier and you're going to go. You know what? These 10 things are important to me in my life. I like giving money to soup kitchens. I care about this one kid who needs to learn this way or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I've made that argument. And then I always run into,
2: well, yeah, I would. But you know, everyone else, you know, they need the government to force them. Right. Or, or <laughs> people only do that because it's tax deductible really you're saying that charity started when tax deductions started are you like i can't argue with you
0: (laughs) yeah let's get a lot more into this when we return i I was also going to bring up the point of how much more less expensive things would be like schools and stuff in a free market if there was really competition exactly more when we return this is she talk live give us a call at 603-435-1105 give us your thoughts this is she talk live This is She Talk Live. Thank you for joining us tonight. This is your host, Stephanie, with you. And Antigone. And Carla. Yes, the ladies uh, reaching for their microphones as they <laughs> come back for the break. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, if you would like to give us a call, uh, our number is 603-435-1105. One more time, that's 603 603- Four three five eleven o five, And we do have one call from another lovely lady out in the audience uh, waiting for us. But first, I need to tell you about Mandrick and his famous baklava. <laughs> are you looking for the perfect treat to bring to this year's holiday party? Need a new gift idea for friends and family? This year, make it George's Famous Baklava. George's Famous Baklava is a walnut pastry with over 50 layers of melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. All the ingredients are premium and natural to ensure only the best taste. It's the perfect treat for any holiday party with friends, family, or coworkers. George's Famous Baklava is shipped in a special container priority mail, so it gets to you fast, fresh, and delicious. Order by Tuesday, December 21st, to make sure you have it in time for Christmas. Check out George's Famous Baklava at mandrik.com. M-A-N-D-R-I-K dot com. No C in there. That's mandrik.com. Yes, and ladies, uh, which pound for pound... Uh, speaking of food, which has more protein when it comes to the apocalypse, <laughs> dogs or cats? We were talking about this during the break and uh, male-female type things. And I
2: would rather uh, watch Spike TV than Lifetime, and I <laughs> Strife love this show. Time. <laughs> what?
1: Lifetime is called Strife Time oh. in my book.
2: I. Uh. <laughs> I understand. Uh, so there's this show called Mancers, uh, which has interesting questions and, of course, their answers. And uh, I, I have this really quirky memory where I remember things forever. And one of them is um, when, you know, push comes to shove and you have to eat your pets, which pet, cat or dog, has more protein per pound? And it is the cat.
0: Good to know for those survivalist types out there.
2: I don't like cats, so that's cool by me. I would never eat my dog, but... <laughs>
0: It's low carb, right?
2: (laughs) It is indeed low
0: carb. Anyway, okay, enough of that. We're going to bring Sean on. Sean is calling from, Sean, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Missouri. Excellent. Well, thank you for making the call tonight. And uh, what was on your mind? I think, uh, if I'm correct, I think that you're the uh, financial director of Lola. Is that correct?
4: Yes, that is.
0: Excellent. And Lola? Lola? Oh, and Lola is the Ladies of Liberty Alliance, right? I should let Sean do the talking. She's the one who called it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, tell us. Yeah, what...
4: that's, I mean, that's our name. It's been the name for quite some time. I actually was under the impression that there were some questions about the way we're handling our finances and nonprofit status and things like that. Oh, okay. Were there questions that you ladies had about that?
0: Sure. So I guess we should give a little bit of background mm-hmm. on this first um, for anyone who... Isn't an uh, I guess an avid Facebooker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of us had had posted on Facebook today that we were going to be doing uh, She Talk Live tonight, and uh, uh, had solicited you know topics for discussion from the from the audience. And someone posted on that thread that uh, they were interested in discussing the recent interview that Allison Gibbs, who's the uh, executive, executive director, director of mm-hmm. Lola uh, uh-huh. rec- recently did with reason.tv um uh, and so we were definitely interested in discussing that because we do talk a lot about sort of women liberty related women issues on the show um and someone posted also on the thread um in the in that conversation that uh they were wondering about the 501c3 status of Lola and if it was uh compatible with liberty so um i guess that was why uh, you know, maybe why Sean was calling in, right, to talk about that? Mm-hmm. So...
4: I mean, do you guys have any questions about it first, or, I mean, or would you just like me to go right into it, or...? Well, that was
2: a... I mean, we we were discussing it, and, uh, you know, each of us has our own opinion, but uh, it, this was just something that started up on, on Facebook that someone else brought that up. I mean, personally, um, I don't have any issue with it. I don't really think it's controversial, um, because... Pretty much if you're going to be taking in lots of donations from people to really do a lot of outreach, which, yes, is expensive, uh, you need to have that status because otherwise people are going to have issues uh, donating to you. So either you get uh-huh. no donations and no money and try to, you know, have a blog um, uh-huh. or Even that you take costs in do- money. <laughs> it does cost money, yeah. but it's possible to do, mm-hmm. you know, on your own, out of pocket. Um,
4: it, is, it is possible to do without that. Um, I will tell you this. Based off of um, the anarchist, the agorist community, people telling you to get off your Social Security numbers, um, a great way to get a taxpayer identification number is by starting a nonprofit,
5: mm. which
4: is one of the most agorist-type things that uh, I've read, at least throughout so, my research. and Sean, when you, you say— know, different, no.
0: When you say a taxpayer identification number, I, I'm not really too familiar with that. Is it something that could replace a Social Security number? or what, what um, that?
4: that actually, I don't want to give any legal advice or anything.
0: Yeah, I would of suggest,
4: course. you know, the listeners by all means do their own research as far as a TIN versus an SSN. Okay. Um, because that does identify an organization of sorts versus okay. an individual.
1: I so gotcha. it sounds um, like there's a market opportunity here for some agorists to start a business that starts nonprofits. That's
2: right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it's kind of um, similar to how other, a lot of people. Night- well, a lot of people will start like LLCs, right? And you register your car under that, mm-hmm. and, and that kind of just separates your assets from yourself. You know, so it if, does.
4: And yeah. here, here's here in lies the bonus to a nonprofit organization. Um, most agorists, most most anarchists I know, are some of the least vain people that I know as far as they're not wanting to become the next Bill Gates, Mm -hmm. you know. They want to have an effect. They want to be able to live comfortably, possibly create jobs for others so that they can live live comfortably as well. Mm -hmm. Um, The nice thing with a nonprofit is based off of, you know, of course, your donations and things like that. Things change. You never pay taxes. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You're never paying into the war machine when you have a nonprofit organization.
0: So um, I have a question, Sean. Why um, uh-huh. why is it called a taxpayer identification number if you don't pay taxes?
4: Because you do have to submit paperwork uh-huh. that shows your donations and things like that. It's nothing that you have to pay into.
5: Uh-huh. Um,
4: it's just it's basically a report that they expect from you every three to seven years. Mm-hmm. you're notified whenever they expect paperwork. Um, and this is
0: the federal government that's notifying you and Yep. Okay. It
4: sure is. Um, <laughs> they never uh, seem to leave us alone. It doesn't matter where we go.
0: <laughs> oh no, yeah, and I I totally agree with that. Uh actually, you know, this is a good opportunity to talk to you about this because I'm not familiar at all with any of this, you know, what it takes to become a 501c3. I mean, is there is there an approval process? Do they have to uh approve you? Do you have to ask permission and fill out papers and all that?
4: Yep, it is. It's quite a process um, as far as, you know, coming up with your board. Because instead of like an LLC where you would have an individual that would be responsible for everything,
5: mm-hmm. you
4: end up with um, members on your board, which you have to have at least five. You mm-hmm. have to have at least three directors. Um, and these people are basically decision makers. Okay. Um, so that that way, if anything were to go awry, everything doesn't fall in one person's head. It's on the board. Does okay. that make Does that make sense?
0: Yeah that that does make sense. And how long does it take to get approval to be a one C three? And how much are there, fee, are there <laughs> fees associated with it? Does it Do you have to pay? It's
4: the IRS. So I mean, it, approval process and me giving you a timeline is I'm not a magician. Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> sometimes, yeah.
4: you know, sometimes they manage to get back to you within 30 days. Sometimes it takes six months. I mean, you know, if they expect us to meet our deadlines, but they, you know, don't hold themselves to that same standard, and that's it's no different when it comes is. to a nonprofit.
2: Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah, if, yeah. if but you but, miss uh, your deadline, you get caged. If they miss theirs, you oh well. get caged. Uh, <laughs> you know. Exactly. That's right. That's <laughs> right. right. So but sh- um, honestly...
4: Um, I think some of the controversy, if I can get back to that real quick, as mm-hmm. far as Lola being a final NC3 organization, um, in the process, you do have to pay an application fee. So mm-hmm. the only amount of money that the IRS receives from Lola is the application fee, um, which I'll be outright honest with you, it's $450 mm-hmm. for them to process your application.
0: And so you'd, However, you would be thinking that that's grossly less than you would be paying if you had to pay taxes on it? or Well...
4: Here's the comparison. I mean, it's even more than grossly less, right? Because the don- the donations that we receive, which will not be from your big corporations, because big corporations don't want liberty, they don't want freedom.
0: Right. It's
4: it's the smaller businesses, it's the smaller organizations that would donate. Sean,
0: hang on a second. Know, You're gonna, to we're gonna we're gonna hold you through the break. We're coming up on a break. More with Sean when we come back. This is She Talk Live, otherwise known as Free Talk Live, most of the rest of the week and the month. This is Stephanie here with you. And Antigone. And Carla. Yes, thank you so much for tuning in. We're so excited to have you here with us. We're having a blast as always. Go to um, m.freetalklive.com if you want to listen to us on your mobile phone. Most people have smartphones and all those cool things nowadays. Some people have dumb phones, I suppose. But but if you want to hear us on your mobile device, there you go. And, of course, you can always see us on the cam at cam.freetalklive.com if you want to see us uh, during our live show. And you can call us at 603-435-1105 to share your thoughts with us. Uh, We've been talking before the break with uh, Sean, and Sean is on the line from Lola, the Ladies of Liberty Alliance, right? That's right. Yes. And so... uh, so Sean is the uh financial director of Lola and she was calling in to address some commentary that was going on on Facebook. Uh Allison Gibbs the uh the executive director of Lola recently did a interview with reason.tv and uh you know she talked about a lot of different uh issues in their you know surrounding women and the liberty movement and uh Lola as an organization. Uh but one of the things that she mentioned was that I mean this was really just mentioned in passing on the video just very quick brief mention uh that Lola is a 501c3 uh nonprofit organization so we were just talking with Sean about some uh you know some of the things that are involved in starting up a 501c3 uh what you know how much do you have to interact with the government or the IRS do you have to pay them fees you know what what kind of scrutiny are you subjected to um I guess there was some some comments on Facebook going back and forth about you know um Is this kind of how liberty oriented is this to become a 501c3? And honestly, I think uh, from my own personal viewpoint, like I can see I can kind of sympathize with um, with both sides. You know, like on one hand, you're a large organization. You want to be able to take in donations to encourage people to donate. Maybe those people um, don't necessarily have a, a stringent opposition. You know, those people want their donations to be tax deductible. Right. Um, and you know how are you going to become how are you gonna grow your organization and uh, to continue to take in those donations without paying taxes unless you uh, get this status? On the other hand, mm-hmm. it, on the other hand, nobody likes to interact with the government and ask their permission uh, and fill out forms.
4: Absolutely not
1: <laughs>
0: right. But you really don't
1: have a choice. I mean, if you're trying to do something, You know, it seems like, I mean, and it's sad to say, but this is, you know, it's one of those lesser of the two evils arguments, which as principled people, we never want to end up there. But I, you know, I also... It is is to a
4: certain extent. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. Do
4: you mind if I interject real quick? Oh, of course not. Yeah, please. Okay. Well, here is kind of the way that I see it. It cost Lola $450 for our application fee. Mm Mm-hmm. The businesses that we are soliciting donations from and things like that are businesses that also want deregulation, Mm -hmm. that also want free markets, that also want liberty, that also want freedom, Mm -hmm. or else they would not donate to an organization such as ours.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: That $450 that we had to pay for our application is just a drop in the bucket in the amount of money that companies, you know, these smaller companies that we're speaking of, you know, they get to write those off on their taxes. Therefore, that's money that's not going to the machine, mm-hmm. that's not going to the war machine. Mm-hmm. And so that $450 that we paid for our application is far outweighed by the amount of money that we are taking from the war machine.
0: Mm-hmm. Does yeah. that make sense? Yes. Yes, that that does make sense. And I, I totally see uh, your argument and reasoning there.
4: Um, And on the other hand, whenever we solicit organizations or companies or businesses for donations, they have the utmost understanding that we, in turn, will be donating to other Liberty businesses. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to agorism, when it comes to kind of the gray markets and the truly free markets that we have in this country, which we do, um, they're certainly not mainstream, but Mm -hmm. they're there.
1: Baklava. Um, a lot of that money. Exactly <laughs> There
4: you go. There you go. It's the baklava. But and, it's not you know? because when, you, when you're in
2: the grocery store, no matter, I mean, I'm I'm involved in all kinds of like off the grid things or whatever. But like uh-huh. th- there are taxes in everything. Everything. There is no way there you can are. avoid it altogether. That's how bad the system is. Um, And so yeah, I'm really is. tired I, of the I purest agree. argument. There's nothing you can do. Really, and I I, 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 have friends that like don't have driver's licenses. Guess who needs to drive them around? Me, and they will pay me for uh-huh. gas money. Hey, guess what? You just paid a gas tax. You know, so I don't want to uh-huh. hear about how you're purer than thou. You know? Yeah, I'm it's really well. It's I mean, yeah. here's the thing. I think every individual has choices to make.
4: Every individual. You know their heart speaks to them in a different way as far as how to further liberty, how to further freedom, mm-hmm. how to bring in more people into the fold and I think Lola as an organization um it's not the only organization that I help out. It's not the only thing that I do um, you know my name is Sean. My name is not Lola, yeah, and I'm you know it's kind of frustrating when people just rail on a specific individual due to you know, their association with Lola. I, and here I thought we were all about freedom of association. <laughs> sure. You know, it's just kind of backwards. Um, yeah. You know, I Sean, know that there are...
0: Yeah? Uh, oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say, I I definitely hear where you're coming from. And I think that you are you and Tigny too are absolutely right about everyone sort of has to find their own place in this world where it really is basically impossible to avoid dealing with the state on all levels and paying all taxes. On
4: all levels, it is. I mean, and I think that anyone that would say that our paying $450 for an application fee and once every seven years having to file information, even though we may be taking, per se, you know, multis of millions amounts of dollars away from the war machine, Mm -hmm. you know, if that $450 outweighs the money that would have otherwise been paid to the government, that I really don't have an argument. I don't have anything to say to that. I well,
1: Sean, Sh- I was actually intrigued by the part where you said that you guys collect money and then you actually trickle that down to other organizations that you feel are worthy. Can
0: you talk a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious You know, to-
4: I think as far as the vision plan for Lola is concerned, it is furthering liberty and freedom for all. And that would include other organizations, um, other liberty businesses, Uh, I know that we are fairly, you know, I personally have to apologize to everyone in the movement for the last year or so. uh, My access as far as to the web and to actually be able to work has been fairly limited Mm -hmm. Um, as of recently recently. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock and roll.
0: you back on Um, the internet?
4: That's right. (laughs) Back on the internet and off the crappy phone internet, see?
0: (laughs) Oh, boy, yeah, we have some experience with that, especially in the rural parts of New Hampshire where it's very uh, difficult to get access. (laughs)
4: Uh, I bet. But see, now I'm back. And I think, you know, as far as the vision for Lola is we seek to support all people. And so I think sometimes as ladies in the movement, I mean, as you guys know, we are outnumbered by far as far as women versus men in the movement and things like that. So I I think, you know, Sean, that was something,
0: I'm sorry, go ahead finish your thought and then I have one more question for you.
4: You know, I was just going to say, I think that Lola, because it says ladies of Liberty Alliance, we catch a lot of flack. It's almost like, you know, we're standing up in this big group of men and we're standing up much, you know, we just. We're kind of making uh, bullseyes out of ourselves. Well, we're standing
1: up in better shoes.
4: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Always better shoes. (laughs) Always better shoes. But, I mean, you know, we're just automatically a target just because of the way humans are, period. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's just that people need to realize that as far as the 501c3 status is concerned, it actually takes more money from the war machine than what people think that we're giving into it.
0: Right. Um, yeah, unfortunately- Sean, we appreciate. We appreciate that clarification. I did just have one more question. We're coming up on a break, but a quick uh-huh. question. Allison said in the in the interview that there were um I believe she said 19 men uh, for every one woman in the liberty movement. I was kind of just curious like uh, where she got that number because I hadn't heard it before.
4: You know, I do not know. I know a few days ago that I saw something like that pop up, pop up on Facebook. I'm not sure where that came from.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, that would well, maybe Allison be something you have call to clarify
4: us. with her because because I don't know.
0: Okay, <laughs> wow, that's yeah, that's I that do know great.
4: just from doing the social networking that uh, you know we are by far outnumbered. I mean,
0: whether
5: yeah. it's
4: 19 or 21 or 10 to one or whatever it is, yeah. we all know we're outnumbered.
2: Well, yeah, <laughs> move to New Hampshire because yeah. it's not that way here. <laughs> yeah, I do. Well,
4: <laughs> I wish I could be in New Hampshire.
0: <laughs> I do. I do feel like I'm really interested in getting um, empirical data about the number of women or the number of men uh, in the movement because I I agree it does at times really feel like women are outnumbered. Although it's like how can you quantify that? How can you be objective? How much does it vary regionally? Uh, so uh-huh. we'll, we'll get into that more. Sean, is there anything else you want to discuss with us tonight?
4: I'm not so far, unless you guys wanted to continue that conversation after the
0: break. Um, sure, yeah, we can hold you over and talk about the numbers of men and women, liberty movement. Stick around; we'll be back. <laughs> Sounds good. though. more talking about women. <laughs> this is she talk live. Alrighty. What we do best. We'll be back in a. Spark imaginations and
6: free minds with an enjoyable graphic novel or webcomic from BigHeadPress.com. This holiday season, share the freedom message with friends, family, or the one acquaintance that really needs it. BigHeadPress.com's thoughtful stories provide a vision of freedom and how we'll get there. Just one of the many imaginative graphic novels from BigHeadPress.com is L. Neil Smith's Roswell, Texas. A sci-fi, western, romantic comedy with aliens, motorcycles, beautiful women, and the gayest Nazi you've ever seen. Sample online before you buy at bigheadpress.com
0: this is she Talk live thank you so much for sticking with us during the break we're so glad you're here and we're also so glad that we're all together in the studio having such a good time this is stephanie here with you tonight and antigone and carla yes indeed and uh, you can check out uh, shrine.freetalklive.com. Speaking of uh, ladies um, and go there and see all the pictures of women who have sent in their pictures to free talk live to show that they listen and uh, find value in the show. And uh, you can of course give us a call at 603-435-1105. Once again, that's 603-435-1105. If you would like to share your thoughts with us and we would certainly be interested in, uh, in hearing your opinion. We've had uh a lovely lady caller on the line for a couple of segments now. Um, This is Sean from the Ladies of Liberty Alliance. Uh, Sean, are you still there? Yes, I am. Thank you for hanging on with us. Um, So before the break in the last segment, we were discussing um, women in the Liberty Movement. uh, And of course, you are from the organization Lola, which is the Ladies of uh, Liberty Alliance. And uh, this all kind of started with um, an interview that the executive director of Lola, Allison Gibbs, just recently did on uh, Reason TV. And uh, I was kind of wondering, um, you know, maybe Allison could call in uh, later on if she's listening and, and give us a heads up on this. But uh, we were talking about like empirical data to show that there are uh, more men in the Liberty movement than there are women. And, uh, Alison had mentioned a figure of about 19 men to every one woman. And you know, it just kind of struck me because she, she said 19 rather than 20, you know, like it, it didn't seem like a round number. So I was like, well, okay, where you know, where did that number come from? Cause I'm interested in hearing. And just kind of based on my own experience, um, I have a dear, dear friend who is uh, a male person in the Liberty movement And uh, let's just say he's he's visible. I don't want to give away who this is, but, Uh you know, he's he's active. He does, you know, writing media, that kind of thing. Um, And he said he gets emails all the time uh, from men saying, you know, I like your I like your stuff. I I like your ideas and wanting to discuss them. But never. uh, He's been doing this for years and uh, has only gotten maybe one or two emails from women and they didn't. You know, they didn't, (laughs) one of them was just a donor with, with no no message attached. And another one was just, uh, you know, some, like a small comment, you know, it wasn't, uh, the volume of email from women was just not not paralleling that from, from the men.
2: Well, I think I may know who Ah. you're talking about Uh and, uh, personally, uh, if it is that person, even if it's not, because I can say this about a, a few people, mm-hmm. there are certain people that just come off as arrogant little bastards, and I don't want to deal with them. And that <laughs> might be a turn off to other females. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really interested in. I get in... that.
4: I get that. But what about the fact that so many women, and not all women, but many women become mothers? Mm-hmm. And there seems to be this danger factor and this fear factor as far as the little L libertarian movement. And I think oftentimes women may have their opinions, but they don't get active as far as whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on even voicing their opinion, because they're afraid. Hmm. I mean, how many stories have we seen of people that have lost their kids to CPS, even if it's just for a short period of time, Mm
5: -hmm. because
4: Mm -hmm. they supposedly think that you know let's you know use me for 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 an example i you know i associate with different people probably this person that you're talking about <laughs> you know i mean even though even though i'm the financial director of lola i you know give my resources to other organizations and other individuals and try to help further the the liberty and and freedom movement
0: sure.
4: all across the board so, but i think there is certainly a fear factor
0: there so, Sean, what I mean, what has helped you? Did you ever have that fear, and if so, like, kind of what helped you overcome it and get active? I think there is. Um,
4: I don't think that fear factor goes away. Hmm. I think eventually it comes to a point. Like myself, I have three children. I've been warned by people not to not to talk about the fact that I have children because they'll use that against me. Wow. Um, I've been told that by quite a few people in the movement, um, but I have broken no laws. I speak my mind. I associate who you know with whoever I want to
2: associate with.
0: But it's, I'm not, it's so hard to say that you've broken no. I mean, I, I understand the sentiment, <laughs> but it's like, how can well, you really be? Sh- <laughs> I always feel like it, I'm. I, 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 I always there's feel, so many
2: laws we all break thing, tons of I, them every I, day. You, yeah. Well, exactly. There are everybody breaks
4: laws every single day, yeah. even the most. You know that they even don't the people even know that would about from the pulpit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There are so many laws on the books, how would you know whether you were breaking them or not? Yeah. I mean,
2: right. But really. also, I mean as far as the motherhood thing, aren't I mean these children have fathers right. and uh yeah. I mean I, I don't know of very many couples where one's a libertarian and one's not, but I'm in New Hampshire. Um and I don't understand oh, those couples. I say? There, are,
4: there there are some of those.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know they exist. I just can't like understand it myself fathom
4: it, yeah, uh, right.
2: Uh-huh. So, but I mean as far as the fear <laughs> and I understand CPS and I've heard some really really terrible stories if you know some politician wants a kid like oh go take that kid from that person right. you know it's it's disgusting um, I
4: think mothers are easy targets because we're sensitive not fathers I think, well I'm not saying that fathers aren't a target but I'm saying that mothers are an easier target
0: because mm. they can hold the children think, over your head think, kind of thing
4: well, yeah, and... It, I mean, but... I don't, how do I say this without putting the men down? Because I don't want to put the men in the movement down at all, because there's so many amazing fathers in the there movement. there's
1: so many of uh, them. I right? <laughs> exactly.
4: would say that a mother's more attached
2: than a father and even, is.
4: And even so many of those fathers are married to amazing women that aren't nearly as vocal as they are.
1: Well, I was um, going to say that, actually, Sean, is one of the statistics, and because Stephanie was saying she's looking for empirical evidence or something i mean a number of of women i think the decision to homeschool your children is a number we should look at because, you know, even if that mm. is coming from say the father with a more stringent sort of libertarian view and saying, this is how I want my children to be educated in order for the mother in in a couple where there's a mom and a dad to buy into that. I think that is, you know, that's an interesting number because
0: that might give us. Yeah. The problem is just collecting that because it's such a decentralized thing. You know, you don't, how?
4: Well, and I think I think that's a great number. And as much as we want empirical evidence, as much as we want hard numbers, as much as we are about science, take into account your friend who's a male who hardly ever gets an email from a from a woman.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's enough.
4: I mean, look at look at the different groups on Facebook that have to do with liberty. Hmm. Separate them by men and women. You're going to have less women than you have men. Period.
5: Yeah, you know. I mean,
4: it's just what? kind of the way that it is. Women. I think the way that society has brought us up, I'm very thankful that I was brought up in a home where I was, you know, my my parents do not have the same political views that I do, Mm -hmm. or at least not 100%, but I was always taught to form my own opinion, do my own research. I was brought up as a free thinker, and I don't think that necessarily as many women in our generation were brought up like that.
5: Well, I yeah, have a lot see,
4: of hope for the next generation because I, I really do feel like the next generation, there's going to be a lot more free thinking type parenting happening.
0: Yeah. Sean, which, I, I just want to pick which up.
4: It gives me a lot of hope for the future. So
0: yeah, absolutely. And I, I did want to touch on something that you just said, which was that, you know, uh, you were, you were raised as a free thinker, but like, I think that that fear factor that you were talking about before, uh, extends beyond a uh, fear of something like CPS. I, I just think that the roots of this are really run deep into childhood and government school and all kinds of everything oh, in society. Absolutely. Like women absolutely. are just women are taught to be uh to be pleasers and uh to subjugate their own needs to those of others. And to
4: say I'm sorry all the time, kind yes. of have beaten dog syndrome. Yes. You know, oh my gosh, I'm sorry I've offended you. Um you yeah. know, for example I debated in high school and then debated in college for a couple years, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if you guys know anything about debate, but at the end, they they score you as far as speakers mm-hmm. in the round. I would almost always get the number one speaker, mm-hmm. but half the time, I would get a little note from the judge that said, watch my tone, because I sounded like a bitch. <laughs> wow. And. Wow. Here's the thing. that is a huge societal change that we have got to try to bring around.
0: Absolutely.
4: Because just, be, just because I'm forward, just because I'm honest, just because I speak my mind and I don't speak it
0: meekly, does not mean that I'm a bitch. Well said, Sean. And thank you said, so much for the call tonight. We're actually coming up on a break. We got some yep, other calls we got to get to. Thanks for the call yep. tonight. Yep. We'll, be coming, we'll return with more about women and liberties. This is She Talk Live. This is She Talk Live. Thanks for joining us again tonight. Stephanie here with you. And Antigone. And Carla. We are so excited to have you listening to us tonight. We certainly appreciate your ears. (laughs) And if you'd like to give us a call and share your thoughts with us tonight, give us a call at 603-435-1105. And once again, that number is 603-435-1105. Although we do have the phone lines uh, loaded up with lovely ladies um, wanting to discuss all kinds of liberty-oriented things with us, and we're very excited about that. Um, but first, I need to tell you about English.Freetalklive.com. Hey everybody, go to English.Freetalklive.com if you would like to make twenty to thirty dollars an hour all online from your home. You'll be conducting English conversations on Skype with folks from other countries, like Japan, for example. So get this—they'll pay you handsomely to keep you to keep up their already learned English. Let's say uh, Keiko from Japan knows that if she doesn't u- use it, she will lose it. She needs you for your natural English-speaking gift. So get the ebook and discover how to find these passionate people who will pay you to talk to on Skype. So check out english.freetalklive.com and start your own online English conversation business. That's english.freetalklive.com. You'll love yourself for it. Very nice. Well, uh, I think we actually have a uh, lady of Lola <laughs> on the air with us tonight. Uh, is this Allison? <laughs> Yep, this is she. Excellent. Thanks for calling in, Allison. Um, I was really glad when I heard that you called because I wanted to. Um, I was wondering about uh, some of the things that you said in your uh, Reason TV interview. And for anybody who wants to see this, by by the way, you can just uh, go check out I think Reason TV, or what I did was just do, do a Google search on Allison's name and then Reason, um, and it came up. But uh, first of all, that was a, a great interview. I liked it. Um, thanks a lot for, for doing that and promoting uh, ladies in the liberty movement. Um, I, I specifically wanted to ask you, Allison, about um, you just mentioned this statistic kind of in passing about 19 men to every one woman in the liberty movement. And I was wondering if you could uh, like tell us a little bit more about that, because I'm really interested in in getting these like empirical measurements of, of men and women.
7: Oh, yeah, sure. Um, well... If anybody knows my background, I was a scientist before breaking into the liberty movement and um mm-hmm. I'm very much a numbers person. So um when I was working at Campaign for Liberty for about two years, I um every event that I would go to, um and I was all over the country for about two years, um, going to different events and what I would do is tally up how many men there were to every one i mean, every woman and then from mm-hmm. there derived um the one to nineteen ratio and that's actually what inspired me to start Lola wow. was the fact that the numbers were so ridiculous. <laughs>
0: Wow, that's really interesting, Allison. Yeah. You should
1: write a paper on that, first of all. Okay. No <laughs> because um, that will be our first empirical evidence. And second of all though
5: ladies, yeah, help
1: me, ladies help me out here. But you know what? I'm like, those are pretty good odds for us. I think <laughs> I think that should be our marketing point. If you're straight, anyway, yeah.
7: <laughs> Definitely, and um, one thing about the reason interview is that they left out a lot of stuff. Like I, I sure. started delving yeah. into like feminism and all that. And they don't want to hear that, but. Wow. um Want to do the reason, but. Um, one thing I thought was very interesting was, um, I, and I brought this point up, and they only showed little, uh, like a little like a little bit of it, a little snippet, but um, I brought up that uh, men are having to compete for the you know the, the resources of the mm-hmm. you know yes. 19 to one. So, I and that. now they're having to bathe and you know uh, you know clean themselves up and be, you know, and, and actually have to compete for the resources. So it's, it's actually better for us, because not only are we getting better quality, but we're also have that 19 to one.
0: Yeah, I have to say, like, I don't I don't really know too many men that don't bathe. <laughs> like, but I, I don't know. But um, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about the kind of uh, there's a little bit of a market element in there, I guess you could say. right?
7: Yeah, definitely. Free market principles all around.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you, so you said that there was like a long interview. You know, we were talking in the car on the way to the studio tonight, Allison, and and we were like, Man, I bet that was like, you know, an hour of footage and they just took out like 5 minutes worth of clips is that is that true? Oh, definitely. And you'll see
7: some parts where it looks like I still had more to say and it just like snapped off. Yes, Mm -hmm. I did. I did
0: notice that, too.
2: Well, it also seemed like, I don't know, uh, Tim Kavanaugh, I Mm -hmm. believe was the I I haven't seen any other of his interviews, but it just kind of like the statements he was making and the way he was asking questions just seemed kind of like he was goading you. So I don't know if that's his interview style or if it's because, you know, you're, you know, a Lola or whatever, um, because, you know, why do women hate freedom? Really? Right, really? You just asked
1: that. Well, uh, to be fair, I mean, I'm sure something like that is, you know, it's to get your soundbite. It's to get your, you know, it's. it's In fact, it's, that, it's, that was the soundbite at the
0: beginning it of the. It was night. the yeah.
1: soundbite, and you know, sometimes you have to do that because you're 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 making a product that needs to sell something. So they have a different agenda to your agenda. Mm-hmm. So
7: definitely and what happened um, was that Libertopia uh, reason was there and they wanted, they found three different women, which I was one, Michelle Fields from students for Liberty was one, which that ran about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm not sure who the third woman was, but they wanted a woman's perspective and they mm-hmm. usually throw out weird questions mm-hmm. and I wasn't ready for that. So a lot of times, if you notice, like when he first asked that question, I start laughing because I just was like, Oh, really? Yeah. What, what am I going to say to this? <laughs> um, yeah. It and there were a lot of... of other questions that were out of, Left field that I had to kind of right. figure things out really but quickly. But Allison,
2: how do your ovaries feel about freedom? <laughs>
7: <laughs> I think a few of them died. Probably My <laughs> died off from, that you
1: died a little on the inside. <laughs> yeah.
0: The ovaries are the seat you know, of consciousness, natural, right?
7: <laughs> definitely. And, and being that kind of um, uncon- like maybe I'm saying this uh, interpret like in, incorrectly, but I'm kind of like the um, unconventional woman. I'm not the kind that. I don't know. I'm very much like a guys kind of girl,
0: so mm-hmm. it's you know um, that's what so many women in the liberty movement say. I've I've just heard that sentiment over and over again. I'm sorry to interrupt, Allison.
7: No, it's totally fine. I know I've lived with you know um, I've had male roommates and all that kind of stuff growing up. So needless to say, I'm used to men jeering and jesting you. So I've mm-hmm. gotten kind of used to it, and I know how to kind of play it back and forth.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: So for for most women, they would have gotten insulted immediately, but I just kind of played it, played with it a little bit, and you
0: know. Yeah, I know. It It was kind of a just a little bit of a, a question that was deliberately meant to shock, I think. <laughs> but uh, I mean, he could have easily just as easily said, you know, why do 90% of all men hate freedom <laughs> or whatever, right. however many men are in the in the matrix, so to speak. But uh, Allison, do you want to elaborate on that anymore? Like, um, what do you think is, uh, are some of the core reasons that there are more men than women? Uh, and you can measure it empirically in, in the liberty movement?
7: Yeah, because um, I usually I really like to measure things empirically, but um, yeah. I remember the very first event I went to is when I first got turned off to the movement. Um, I went to like mm-hmm. some LP meeting in DC, and it was just so pretentious. It was difficult for me because mm-hmm. I felt like didn't, I didn't I didn't have a voice, and I've, I've heard that resonate through um, a lot of women or young women, especially in the movement, that you know haven't gotten their uh, their their uh, calloused skin yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know they're they're growing in that way. But um, well, it's,
0: I, it's I funny. It's funny, Allison, because when we post about um, She Talk Live on Facebook or whatever, or we'll, you know, Ian will post it on the Liberty Radio Network page or something like that, you know, it, it inevitably we'll get at least one comment that's like, oh, I'm waiting with my pants around my ankles or like, oh, what shouldn't they be in the kitchen or, you know, and we, we let it roll off our backs. We laugh about it and stuff. But, you know, it's just it gets a little old after a while, you know.
7: No, it totally does. And I think that we, we as women really have to figure out a new strategy. You know, the old strategy of um, how we have uh, grown and prospered um, has has somewhat, we've had to play the, the, you know, balance the two ideologies or the two ideas of what women should be. And I think through educating and through having like a, um, you know, we call it like the Lola love lo- illusion.
0: Right. Uh, Alison, we're, we're and, coming up on a break, but okay. uh, we'll hold you through for some more when we return. More with Allison okay. when we get back from the Ladies of Liberty Alliance and more about women and liberty. This is She Talk Live, 603-435-1105. Give us a call. This is She Talk Live. Stephanie here with you tonight. <laughs> and Antigone. <laughs> and Carla. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, we're having so much fun here in the studio that we almost forgot that it was we were coming back from break. So uh, we want to thank you once again for lending us your ears tonight and for your wonderful participation in the show because we've had some really interesting conversations here tonight. Uh, anything from uh, women in the liberty movement to, uh, what were we talking about at the beginning of the show? Um, Something, not Daylight Savings. N- no, not Daylight Savings. That was last time. <laughs> to the uh, protein content in Cats and Dogs really, yes. when the apocalypse comes. So, <laughs> and we'll keep up with those little snippets because we will later teach you how to fall. Yes, yeah. tactical falling will be, uh, will be on the docket tonight. But uh, I think we have some slightly more <laughs> uh, pertinent, important issues to get to tonight. So uh, we're going to continue talking to Allison from the Ladies of Liberty Alliance. Uh, I want to give out our phone number too just in case you want to call us with your thoughts. Uh, It's 603-435-1105. Once again, 603-435-1105. So, uh, Allison, are you still with us? Yes, I am. Excellent okay, so um so before the break, we were talking about uh you know kind of the the male to female ratio and some of the data that you'd collected at uh uh different liberty events around the country and I found it interesting i one of the things I didn't say uh you mentioned that you were a scientist, I'm actually also a scientist, so I do find the numbers oh. stuff to be interesting too um but us us ladies in the studio were talking about here in New Hampshire where we all live um That it does seem to be a a little bit better ratio. Actually, we haven't really uh, quantified it. But I know that, for instance, personally, I've been to uh, some parties recently where I I counted half women. And Mm -hmm. then we had uh, we had like a ladies night event where, you know, we had a girls night out. And there were, you know, 30 women that came out for that. And that was just the ones that came out. So uh, I think uh, in New Hampshire, it, it might be a little different. I don't know if that's just because there are a lot of Liberty lovers all in the same place or um, if maybe the ratio is actually is different. What are your thoughts on that, Allison?
7: Um, yeah. I mean, I, I know when I went to Liberty Forum and Porkfest uh, the last two years, the, the numbers definitely are a lot different than in other locations.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, that in D.C., D.C. and New Hampshire seem to be a plethora of women, but huh. um I think that's just because there's a lot more younger women that are getting jobs, and, and also the Free State Project's done an amazing job. So yeah. um, definitely getting a lot more people up. But it's 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 definitely nice to hear that there's such a great community because that's really what I saw as a, as a desperate need in the movement was that we have women, but well, I didn't know that other women existed, and they didn't know I existed. <laughs> so right. it's nice to have like that, that safe community, you know? So
0: yes, absolutely. I mean, I like before I really got into the Free State Project or anything. I remember I I would write um, articles on com and I was really into reading the blog there and stuff. And I would always be so excited when I would see, you know, other women, Wendy McElroy, Karen DeCoster, all these uh, Becky Akers and, you know, all these other female writers who were really smart and had a lot of stuff to say. And I I just kept thinking like, wow, it would be so cool if I could, you know, hang out with them, (laughs) meet them and stuff. (laughs) But it does seem it does kind of feel like you're a little dispersed at times, right? When you're not uh, living near other people.
7: Definitely. And it definitely gets lonely, especially when you're mm-hmm. you're new to the movement, you don't know anybody or, um, you know, some of the Lola's like were, like what I said on Reason, I wasn't saying that all women that came in the movement were like girlfriends of um, somebody in the movement. But I know that I, some of our strongest uh, activists in Lola are just happened to come in through their boyfriend and then uh, once that ended, they stayed. So mm-hmm. uh, really to be a catch-all for that group, that kind of uh, group as well is, is positive.
2: I did the opposite. I, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to ask about New Hampshire events, but then I realized, you know, a lot of people come from out of town to New Hampshire events, so it's probably not even um, that uh, that different. You're saying that it is, which is great. But day-to-day life, I've been to events, which were not called ladies' night, because that's, that's kind of unfair, um, but to events, uh, parties or whatever, that there are more females than males here. And day-to-day life, that's, that's great. And there are a lot of... Uh, Former guys, girls, people that would call themselves that, including myself, were like, now my inner circle is mostly females. I never, right. ever, ever thought that would happen. Not in California. And you mentioned the uh, the loneliness that people will feel. I mean, social networking is great for that. And even I called myself, you know, the conqueror of anarcho-loneliness. At one point,
1: <laughs> uh, nice. I went down, Well,
2: I, I like to introduce people to each other, you know. And so I went down to L.A. because I knew all kinds of different anarchists that didn't know each other. So I went down there, and I'm sitting there with an anarchist friend of mine. I look over like, holy shit, is that Angela Keaton? And it was Angela Keaton sitting there with Scott Horton. <laughs> so I introduced them all. You know, I, I knew Angela before. That was how I met Scott. Introduced them to just all kinds of L.A. anarchists. I come back. I drive back up, and, you know, it's like six hours or whatever. I get on Facebook. I see a picture of all of them hanging
0: out. Awesome! <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and... I, I to reiterate, Antigone, yeah, it's just it's something that I've heard so many women say in this movement that they used to be, you know, mostly friends with men, I guess I guess you could say. Um I, I don't want to call that like misogyny or anything, but maybe they just that was just who they gravitated towards, you know. Or or maybe they found more men who were actually interested in the ideas of freedom and that was something that was important to them. I don't I couldn't really say what the cause of that is, but uh but I've I've definitely heard that sentiment. And then once they got to New Hampshire or to involved in Liberty, they met more women and they were uh, they felt that that void being filled in their life, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, which is something that I think is quite special. You know, it it um, I think everyone in, in the studio right now would self identify as a guy's girl and initially and then. But meaning, because uh, I got some raised eyebrows, people who generally, like my friends would be males.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, sure. There was there was a but time. But it was
1: because most of the women I was w- meeting were, you know, idiots. And now, but, that's but, but, all But so most, are, most, are most of, of the people. So are most of the men, yeah. of course. No, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. it's about the movement, which is what I'm trying to say in a really roundabout way.
0: Yeah. You, you know, I, okay, I want to ask Allison what she thinks about this. Um, I have some thoughts that just like the government schools and the family and religion are, are just things that are set up in such a way uh, to keep women as, you know, kind of, I don't know what the word is, submissive pleasers, kind of, uh, you know, avoid conflict, be the peacemaker, um, you know, don't bring up stuff like politics because people will get mad and uh, riled up. What do you, Allison, do you have any thoughts or other ladies? I, I yeah. have
1: some I, Go ahead, Allison. Sorry. Oh,
7: sorry. No, um, I, 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 I guess I get a little double-edged sword. I think that um, there are a lot of women that uh, use that as like a scapegoat, so that they don't have to work harder. Um, where they just say like, "Oh, I make three times less than a man," and they just get angry. But I think that using that knowledge and using it in a positive way and being able to uh, educate others about it, so that they don't fall into that. For instance. Uh, you and I come from scientific backgrounds, and so it was very tough when I was going through school uh, because everybody was teachers, and like all the women were in the te- you know, like going to school to be a yeah. teacher or going to school to be a you know psychologist or whatever, you know what I mean? Not necessarily psychology, but like social work and stuff like that. So I mean, which is totally understandable and notable and awesome, but mm. it was very tough for me because you're in a room full of a bunch of males, and you have to prove yourself.
0: Right, and and, and you know maybe that kind of goes back to. I don't know, critical thinking or being analytical or being kind of like a logical person likes math, likes science, that kind of thing. I don't know. Um, You know, maybe those, those things are kind of go with Liberty, I guess, because, you know, when you think analytically, you tend to come to the conclusion that freedom is a good way to go. I want to say.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. I have a question um, to throw out here. Um, I'm a little older than most of you guys, maybe by 10 years. And I'm hearing a lot of language of sort of a resurgence of almost 70s type feminism. <laughs> and Uh-oh. I, in some ways, find it quite troubling. And I think it's something we should explore and talk about because hmm. feminism, to me, as as a language, is actually a status language. It's something that, you know, people are indoctrinated in, in the government schools that we keep talking about. And I... I'm a little leery, to be quite honest, of this sort of idea of, like, I hate the term. I hate the term females. I just think it sounds so... Um, scientific and so PC and so as if someone had drilled it into your head. Don't call people women. Being a woman is okay. And I, I don't know. Like I, yes, I'm picking a fight <laughs> right here, right <laughs> before the
5: break. <laughs> the break.
0: <laughs> um. Well, we'll delve into this more. Is this a language of feminism? I mean, I kind of feel like I don't want to go uh, to the other way either and be, and be really, you know, traditional gender roles. But uh, we'll get more into this when we return. This is She Talk Live. Give us a call, 603-435-1105, and more with Allison when we return.
8: You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, Attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from libertystickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's libertystickers.com. But wait.
2: All right,
0: we're back. This is She Talk Live. Thanks for sticking with us. We're so glad to have you here listening to our show. And this is Stephanie here with you tonight. And Antigone. And Carla. Yes, we certainly do appreciate your ears and your calls. Give us a call at 603 435 1105 if you want to talk to us, share your thoughts with us. I do need to share a very important message with you. Uh, Are you looking for the perfect treat to bring to this year's holiday party? Need a new gift idea for friends and family? This year, make it George's famous baklava. George's famous baklava is a walnut pastry with over fifty layers of melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. All the ingredients are premium and natural to ensure only the best taste. It's the perfect treat for any holiday party, with family, friends, or coworkers. George's famous baklava is shipped in a special container, Priority Mail, so it gets to you fast, fresh, and delicious. Order by Tuesday, December 21st to make sure you have it in time for Christmas. Check out George's Famous Baklava at mandrik.com. That's mandri dot com. No C there. And once again, that's mandrik.com. All right. So we are talking about women liberty, women in liberty. <laughs> And this is, of course, She Talk Live, where you can call us and bring up anything. But uh, recently, we've been talking with Alison Gibbs from Lola. Alison, are you still with us? Yep, I'm here. Cool. Okay, so we've been having a um, a really interesting discussion so far, um, sparked by Alison's recent um, interview on Reason TV uh, about women in the liberty movement and uh, kind of, you know, the the stuff that we can see, the the stuff we can observe with all the our known senses. Knowns. The unknowns. <laughs> the, the unknown. Un, is it there a known unknown? <laughs> uh, who knows? I mean, that's like the dictionary doublespeak,
2: right? You can't yeah. understand politicians. Come on, <laughs> right? <there's>, Although <laughs> that was a gem.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're, they're speaking some different language, but uh, but yeah. So what we can observe. Um, is telling us that in le- at least in most interest in most instances in the in the broader uh, national uh, libertarian or liberty movement in the U.S. there are a lot more men than there are women. And Allison had some uh, data that she collected, which is is fascinating to me. That there were 19 men for every one woman. And so, how does that affect us as women who are into liberty? You know, uh, how can we? I work I see on that? it as a
1: smorgasbord of
0: awesomeness
1: for the chicks (laughs) in the movement. The straight straight ones, anyway. The straight ones. Yes, I know. Buzz, I'm so sorry, sweetie, but I cut my hair for you. (laughs) (laughs) But, but but, I mean, there's You're so sweet, Carla. (laughs) There's really nothing wrong with, you know, those, as Allison said in her interview, those are good odds for, for the women in the movement. So, really, I think it's one, as I said earlier, a great selling point. But more to the point I was I was making before the break I I really do want to talk about this sort of resurgence of of feminism uh, yes and sort of the Thank you for the life. language that y- you guys seem to speak in that just for me is causing and by you
0: guys you mean like kind of younger I guess you're saying younger yes. women in the movement
1: yeah and and I I mean I hope it's not an age thing and you know maybe I'm totally dating myself but you know hey I went through the, the feminist revolution prior you know I'm married, I kept my maiden name, I did all that you know s- stuff <laughs> but yeah. i i I seem to amongst my friends and and you know that's what I mean by you guys um you're all my friends, and i just i am hearing this sort of it it's almost tending towards stridency and towards a um a it's a language that to me sounds. <sighs> Scarily statist, scarily PC, scarily like the stuff from the seventies. And I know, you know, that mm. there are some libertarian feminist writers and Angela, if you're listening, oh <laughs> God, please don't call in and yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh but, but, you know, I just, there's, there's just something I find a little troubling because I think it, to look at the problem in that way, to look at things in a gender based way, takes away from individualism and sover- sovereignty. And I don't think our gender uh-huh. should really matter. Like, it shouldn't be a guy-girl thing. It should be a we're humans thing.
0: Yeah, I I have to say I agree with you, Carla. Just, I mean, valuing individualism over over collectivism. Um, at the same time, though, it, it is hard to not notice when you're in a room full of uh, basically 95% men <laughs> and and 5% women.
2: Right. Well, just because you notice it. I
0: mean, I, I completely agree with Carla and I've said this
2: before mm-hmm. and I'm always like, you know, telling people, ah, you collectivist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, why am I woman? Why am I not Antigone? Right. You know, and, and I really don't like that. And I've had this uh, discussion, I think, with Allison about um, this, you know, this female group. Like, why? Why do you need a, a female group to get females into the movement? You know, the movement is about things that both genders, you know. Would want. I mean, right. I don't really call it freedom. I call it human rights. You know, yep. to be able to feed yourself without asking anyone permission. Um, and things but that at the are- same time, I mean, society, public schools and private schools. I went to private schools, but it was based on the the public school um, system. You know whatever the uh, Prussian factory
0: system is with with children. Cranking out the obedient Um, worker drones.
2: (laughs) And I mean, people are treated a certain way. Now, I went to an all-girl high school. So, and when my parents were making that decision, they pretended like I had a choice, but I really didn't. Um, They they saw all these case studies and everything saying how women, uh, girls, I guess at that age, girls do not get um, called on in class. So if you keep raising your hand and you don't get called on, yeah, maybe you're not going to go into the hard sciences because no one's going to listen to
0: you.
1: Right. You know, but I mean, you guys do know the flip side of that is now happening in public schools. Boys have been marginalized and the the schooling system is now designed to sort of feed into that because it's the unintended consequences of Mm -hmm. anything where we go. We have a problem. Oh, we better try and fix it. Right.
0: Sure. I've heard that. Yeah, definitely. Allison, do you have thoughts on that?
1: Oh yeah, I
7: I mean and I totally agree with uh you Carla and Antigone. I think that maybe, you know, because we're in uh the conversation we're having about um there being less women to men, we have you know, the men in this movement are amazing and um yes. they're very supportive of everything that the women in Zoom are doing as well. And I don't want to generalize, you know, one group Versus the other, because really, uh, the the benefit of having, I think, a women's organization is once again. I mean, of course, it's a free association. You know, mm-hmm. um, so whomever wants to be a part of it can. If they don't, if they don't agree with the mission, then they just move on and create their own. And there but,
0: there are males in Lola, right? Just to oh yeah,
7: we have a ton of male supporters. And sure. Also, um, the outright libertarians are friends. You know, we, we're open to anybody and everybody. And mm-hmm. and uh, really, the beauty of uh, the main reason for Lola is to have let 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 those women based. Uh, for instance, when I, I came from the left, I think I've made that pretty obvious over mm-hmm. the years. But um, and so social issues are were huge to me, mm-hmm. and I didn't see them being dominant in the movement. And it was very difficult for me to understand the. I had to take the non-aggression principle and this, use that to figure out social issues and things like that. And so um, I think it's, it, it, it maybe people call it like women's issues, like family and school, but really it's anybody's issue. It's just right. the fact that there, yes. if there are more women and they're going to bring it up more. And Allison,
1: just to clarify something, I have no issue with Lola. I think it's a great organization. Um, you know, like for me personally, I like to focus my attention and my energy in New Hampshire, but I think... You know, bully for you guys, I think it's fantastic and you should keep up with it. And there's nothing wrong with like a woman's club and particularly a woman's club like this that includes men. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not where my beef is. My beef is oh, sort yeah. of in 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 this sort of resurgence of language which I think stems out of Statist I think feminism. it stems out of status feminism and I'm leery, I really am. So what huh. so what
2: are you talking about? Like the, the language that reminds you of seventies feminism?
1: Well, everything. I mean, often when we talk about these things, even that we're actually talking about feminism on our all-girl show. Yeah.
2: <laughs> to me, I, is I've true. never called myself
1: a feminist. Oh,
2: like if I was ever a feminist, it was Wendy McElroy, right? Yeah, the individualist indi- feminism. Exactly. Yes, because not, it's, that's not
0: even really a feminist. That's an individualist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I mean, but what I kind think of-
7: another another issue is the word feminism, and you know, I see um, I what you guys are talking about is like you know words losing value. Um, or actually, I think it might have been the person that was on before you guys. But um, I, I think that um, you know the word feminism has changed so much, and it means so much to different people. For instance, I was raised in the southeast, and so we were known. You know, I was you know I was born in B- Bama, so I mean it's
5: mm. you know you
7: you 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 are subservient to the person that you're with. Um, and so mm. to me, feminism was a way for me to empower myself. And so I saw that as being a way to break through. And maybe that swung me to the left for a while. But sure. for me, that word holds a special place in my heart because of where I've been. And I think that's really based on people's life experiences. And maybe we should figure out another word.
0: Yeah, I like, I like that mission, idea. That makes total sense.
7: Like in Lola's Mission, we, we said the word empower, mm-hmm. to empower women, yeah. or them empower themselves. And that was actually a big issue because a lot of people were saying, well, empower to me is like... You know, '70s feminism, and and so it was it was a tough struggle, but it means something different to everybody. So let's redefine. Let's find a word and redefine it, and let that be it.
0: Allison, very nice. I agree. (laughs) Now it's finding (laughs) what that word is. Actually, I
1: mean, why can't it be individualism?
0: Yeah, Allison, we're we're coming up on the break, but uh, do you have any final thoughts with us? We want to thank you so much for
1: support. You guys, and I think you guys are doing an awesome job.
0: Sweet, ditto. (laughs) (laughs) Right back at you. Thanks for the call tonight. And uh, we will be back with more She Talk Live. You should give us a call at 603-435-1105 and share your thoughts with us. Phones are loaded up, it will take your call too. She Talk Live. This is She Talk Live. Thank you so much for sticking through the break and joining us again. We love to have your ears listening to us, and we love to be here. We have such a great time in the studio together when we do the show. So uh, if you want to give us a call, the phones are pretty much loaded up with uh, all kinds of interesting callers. But uh, if you'd like to add your thoughts to the, to the discussion, uh, you can call us at 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105. And hey, everybody. Welcome to the interwebs. Yes, this is so cool. Did you know there are smart folks all over the world who need to meet you? Why? Well, you're from an English speaking country, then check out english.freetalklive.com right this very second to find out. If you're listening to the podcast, then pause it right now and check out the site. Go to english.freetalklive.com and discover how to create your own online business. All you need to get started is the ebook, the internet, Skype, a webcam and a microphone. What an inexpensive way to become your own boss and oversee a rewarding and challenging job that requires your unique creativity and passion. Pause the podcast and visit English.freetalklive.com right now. And my uh, associates here in the studio have been uh,
1: <laughs> very professional. Yes. So sorry. Very
0: professional all the time, as we do best on She Talk Live so uh we have uh been talking about women and liberty on the show tonight uh It's been a fascinating discussion uh very interesting uh insights and and some uh data to back them up and uh, I think we have someone else on the line who wants to comment on this discussion and uh is this uh is this angela from antiwar dot com yeah. Oh, Angela, thank you so much for calling. We were actually hoping that uh, we'd be able to talk to you. I, I know Carla mentioned your name. A of times. Don't yell at Carla. I
9: hear, I hear in my head. You know,
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> right. I'm I the call, voice in I your call. head, Angela. <laughs> so, uh, Angela, uh, what was on your mind tonight?
9: Well, I'm just thinking in terms of the discussion of feminism, and I always back back in the women's studies and feminist days back in school, thinking you've got to start the discussion with what is not just what is feminism but what are the feminisms i mean we're talking about about 150 year school of thought that's had all these different branches and trees and several of which mm-hmm. have interwoven with like the hard left and anarchism and libertarianism to be sure there's been a lot of weaving in and out mm-hmm. but you know, we've had some major historical changes though over the past 40 years and the several different schools of feminism of the one Uh, There's a few that have gotten the most, um, that that have kind of captured the public imagination more, whether through good PR or infiltrating the universities. But like the gender feminism, when someone was talking earlier about the stridency of the 70s feminism, really in 69 you started seeing some major feminist events where the breakdown went from a, a feminism that was very, very based in sexual freedom, women's autonomy, and women, I mean, literally women's autonomy in all new ways. I mean, we're getting, we're overthrowing marriage, we're smashing monogamy, all of that.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
9: There came a different women's movement direction that they became very concerned with certain kinds of sexual victimization. And over time, that really did metastasize into something that. I call gender feminist the Gender School of Feminism, and it's mostly associated with um, Catherine McKinnon, uh-huh. who's a law professor, and the Lady Andrea Dworkin, who is a well-known essayist. And in that school, it's, it, it went from, we had a transition to where, yes, there were some left elements where some people were talking about, you know, bringing in the ERA. So in other words, you'd have a constitutional amendment, or actually putting in, you know, making sure that you had state laws about equal pay for equal work. But a real shift, that real shift came in within, by the time the 80s came in, there was a whole new obsession with uh, female sexuality and ending pornography, and feminism got very, very Mm -hmm. caught up with both that and becoming obsessed with abortion. Now, I know a lot of the women probably listen to the show, and I understand understand most people probably fall into the pro- Approach with category, but feminism, when it became strictly abortion, almost abortion and anti pornography to the exclusion of anything else, it really alienated all sorts of allies from across the political spectrum, including a lot of.
0: Swimming. So- uh, right. I was going to say, I think there was kind of a backlash against that, too. You know, that there was these, you know, so-called feminist pornography and, and all that.
1: But, you know, Angela, I also think you raise a good issue in the sense that I think my my knee jerk here is actually stemming from... You know, when I said uh, feminism to me sounds like the language of statism, I think you hit the nail on the head if we go back to the 70s and where it became sort of strident and academia and all of that. The the problem I have is it became statism because it became PC and it became, you know, we're going to write these laws and... I think for myself I probably wouldn't I mean I don't have a problem with the the principle of saying hey you know let's let's make things more equal in a non-animal farm way um <laughs> I just um I just you know I think it's once the state you know as we all know the state poisons everything it touches and so I think you're right there is this whole body of of intellectual thought that is worth exploring but I have a reaction of I don't even want to go there because to me these days it just means, oh, you know what? So we're going to write another lull.
2: Hmm. Well, it's the well, whole I positive mean, rights versus like negative rights. Let's just, you know, take away those things that give people positive rights. I mean, we all already have our rights.
0: You know, it's just whether or not they're, you're able they're to natural exercise rights. Them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Angela, what are your thoughts about that?
9: You know, the whole notion of the state, and if if everyone sees things in kind of the basic, I don't know, Americans like like to simplify their their psychological lives by seeing everything Freudian, but if you see the state (laughs) as the father, and you see state as patriarchy, I mean, as a feminist, I mean, it's your duty to smash patriarchy, which is the state. I mean, the state is our father. There's a reason. (laughs) It's called
1: Big Brother. Well, but you it's know, also these called days the it's called the Motherland, yeah. and it's also called Big Sis. And you know, I, 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 I okay, I, I said <laughs> to everyone in the break, I was like, I'm not going to pick a fight with Angela. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I am. It's good radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, why, why does it have to be patriarchy? That is the issue I have. Is why do we yeah. have to look at these things in those terms? I think we do, woman giant disservice by going i mean we're we're better off going it's big sister and fuck oh <laughs> it's a podcast it's okay <laughs> Um screw that we, okay, we're we gonna crush it you know <laughs> yeah. it, i don't think it has to be seen in these issues of uh male female gender imbalance or male female battles right oh
9: and, and no but you were saying about a wonderful thing there about having to um Smash a, a smash, big sister. I mean, the big sister that has to be smashed were the neo-Victorians who came into the, the feminist movement who wanted to abolish pornography and stop prostitution and basically mm. recreate male sexuality to where it was not just pre-sexual revolution, but where it might as well have been in 1850. Yeah. I mean... That kind of those those women must be re- you know ridden from the feminist ranks I mean these women they use the state literally to control your vagina and not only to control mm-hmm. your vagina but they 're going to make moral and psychological judgments about it so yeah. no, I mean I think the bat you 're right i mean there 's a battle right there that, as an anarchist, I do want to fight i want I want to rid feminism of. The influences of authoritarianism.
1: Okay, well, yes. we
2: I think are in agreement with that. Yeah, and it's it's not just your vagina; it's your whole body because wasn't like when Prohibition started and all See, that wasn't vagina. that like the a temperance a, a movement? A very, yes. yes, that's the word. That uh, was yeah, exactly the temperance what movement. I was thinking. That of. was a very female-driven movement.
0: Yes. And it's not yeah, because they were weren't
1: they the woman who didn't want people to drink?
0: Yes, yes. yes. They sucked ass. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Carla. (laughs) Carla is very passionate about this. (laughs) Yeah, what do you what do you think about the temperance movement, Angela? Is it is it basically the same thing you were saying about the authoritarians in feminism?
9: Well, the authoritarian streak in women, well, you know, I mean we can take this in all sorts of levels.
5: Mm -hmm,
0: The
9: one side the only good thing I will say about that is it's that once a female starts speaking her voice, and, of course, Carrie Nation was willing to use an axe, I mean, this is mm-hmm. a very, very strange expression for a female in that time, a conservative Christian woman. Mm-hmm. So on that very, very gut level, for a woman in that time to express herself physically that way, to me, is an interesting feminist statement. But, no, beyond that, women can be terrible authoritarians. I mean, one of the... one of the. Um, in sen- sen- sentimental feminism, where, you know, women are supposed to be the natural nurturers and, and they're always a loving and caring and wanting to be soft and supportive, is that, you know, if we just had these women in office, all the wars would stop. But then Angela, hang on. Hold on right.
0: with those thoughts. We're going to hold you through the break. We're coming up on a break, but we'll be back. More with Angela from Antiwar.com and her thoughts on feminism. This is She Talk Live. back. This is She Talk Live. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. This is your host Stephanie here with you tonight. And Antigone. And Carla. And I just realized that I said tonight a bunch of times in the same sentence. That's no good. I'm gonna have to work on that just like the giggling that we talked about at the hey, beginning. Hey, we've
1: been giggling less. We have been giggling cuz we're all like serious, strange, yes. feminist, scholarly. <laughs> we're
0: talking about the uh, the scholarly history of feminism. Actually, no, I thought it was um uh, it was really cool how Angela kind of gave that historical uh, view of feminism, mm-hmm. like a long view, kind of of the tree of all these different philosophies, and uh, you know the the authoritarian uh, grubs that have been eating at the <laughs> the roots. <laughs> so I'm going to bring Angela uh, from Antiwar.com back on. Angela, are you still there? I'm still here. Excellent. So uh, before the breakout, uh, you know, we were just uh, commenting on how you gave us this nice kind of rundown of of feminism historically and uh i guess the question that sparked this whole discussion off was that carla um said mentioned something about that you know some of the discourse and liberty um surrounding you know things related to women uh, s- sort of smacks of the 70s feminism and uh we were discussing kind of whether or not that's true and our, our own ex- impressions about it um, and then it became about, you know, these authoritarian so-called feminists or or gender feminists, I, I believe is what uh, the term that Angela used, um, who want to use the state to kind of uh, give things to women instead of, um, you know, empower them to. So. Oh, it, in some
9: ways, it was much worse than that. I mean, Ka- Catherine McKinnon and Andrea Dworkin are responsible for the Canadian sexual harassment codes, which are some of the most oppressive spot, spot and speech codes in a modern Western
5: country. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
9: The whole notion—I mean, these these ideas had very, very real consequences. I mean, the sexual harassment, and in these, and I understand, we're, you know, we're waiting in the murky territory here, but the understanding that there's a certain amount of right to speak and speak freely without, you know, being politically punished is is understood. And the hate speech codes were also part of a larger, I guess, re-understanding of what sexual freedom meant for women. Um, when I was talking about the Victorian era, talking about the Victorian era really, the, and the anti-pornography movement, this become a really, really confusing time for men. Because, you know, we had the sexual revolution, and now we're heading now into this veering, this very, very sharp rightward turn... So men and women, of course, there is going to be a lot of strident language because we already now have some real confusion here, giving mixed signals to men. But what it is, what it is, it's going to be is it going to be we're all equals and we take responsibility for sex, sexuality, and birth control,
5: mm-hmm.
9: or you know, do I mean, or do we have a whole new set of rules as in a way to quote honor women or put them on pedestals, which is of course the last damn thing an
2: independent woman wants?
0: Yeah. It's interesting that, I'm sorry, Antigone, go ahead. You look like you had something. No, I was just
2: wondering, like, I mean, isn't that the whole like Madonna versus whore type of thing
0: that people mm-hmm. will get caught up in, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you can't be sexual? Right. If you're, if you're a woman who deserves respect and who uh, would be someone that, you know, would be wanted as like a family or part of a family or something like that, or a long-term partner, then, you know, that woman can't be seen sexually. You're Is... a Barbie doll down there. <laughs>
1: Let me, let me let me ask a question. I think maybe one of the issues we should be exploring is what does the word empowerment mean? Because mm. as long as we're all agreeing that the word empowerment, empowerment means self-growth and a self-realization, actualization, and a message that we would within a voluntary society spread, i.e., you know, it's some kind of personal growth, I'm okay with it. But to me, the term empowerment means using power, right? And so then I get back to the whole argument of the statism and the sort of these philosophies, you know, they're taught in universities. Um and it's it 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 has corrupted something that yes, you know, hey, men and women weren't entirely equal for a long time. Why were they not equal? Because of the involvement of the state. And all that's happened is, you know, the organism has moved from a white male state state suppress suppression organism into, you know, some kind of angry woman's lib <laughs> suppression. And and so,
0: you know, let's... And so you're saying not much has fundamentally changed in that situation. It's always sort of one group of people using the state to oppress others? Yes. Uh-huh.
2: Well, that's that's the definition I lend to government. Yes. Government is a tool used by one group to exploit another group. That is what it is. And so what I'm hearing all of us saying is that you can't really be a feminist without being an individualist. And hence, throw out the word feminist right there. <laughs> and you can't really be an individualist while using a tool to, you know, Oppress, to yeah. exploit another group of people. So you can't really be a feminist without being an anarchist. And you can't, you know, you, you can't look right, at people. There you go. Like, if
0: you like women, you must be an anarchist. That's so we're, we're
1: anarchists. <laughs> Feminist, anarchist, anarchist. -anarchist. (laughs) Fenarchist. you heard it here first.
0: Wikipedia says that there's a flag for that. It's
2: black and pink. Black and pink.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't have chosen pink personally, but um, no. (laughs) Angela, what do you think?
2: Oh, I mean, um, more black
9: flags. I want to fly them everywhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah, hell yeah,
9: girlfriend.
0: (laughs) Me too. Uh, So, Angela, any um, any other thoughts tonight that you wanted to share with us? It sounds like oh
9: oh, no, I need to get back to my. um, what Smashing I was doing earlier. <laughs>
0: you need to get back but, to flying um, your wow, black, black I flag. I can't
9: wait to hear the show again. Really awesome.
0: Thank you so much. We're really glad that you called, and we do love to do the show. Actually, this is probably one of the funnest things in my month. I have to say. I have
1: to say for me too. And Miss Keaton, before um Stephanie hits your button there. Uh, <laughs> oh, I get to are, hit
0: Angela's button.
1: <laughs> oh boy! Are you uh, are you coming to Liberty Forum? You know,
9: I you know it's kind of up in the air right now. The um, the um, antiwar dot com news cycle with this um, I guess you've heard about this uh, WikiLeaks thing has made life Maybe. real busy right now. Really, so I, don't I know haven't
0: heard I'm... about that.
9: <laughs> <laughs> so, so,
1: someone someone posted on my Facebook. They said you should talk about WikiLeakage because the state needs a giant tampon. <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay, uh, on that
9: on the tampon note, I need to head back here, but you, please, like <laughs> rock on. All
5: right. Thank you, Angela. Uh, okay.
0: You too, Angela. And go to antiwar.com and give them a donation, give them your support, post about them on Facebook and cool organization. I have an antiwar.com sweatshirt, Angela, that I, I didn't wear tonight, but next time it gets cold, I will certainly do that. <laughs>
2: and Angela, if you're looking at the studio cam or anyone else, I have an antiwar.com sticker That's on right. my laptop. Yo.
1: <laughs> and Angela, lastly, we do expect to... To be here for Liberty Forum. <laughs> What's going to happen if she <laughs> doesn't? I'll come get you.
0: <laughs> oh, that sounds like a like a thinly veiled threat, but uh, it could uh, be fun.
1: Not a threat.
0: <laughs> Great. Well, Angela, thanks so much for the call, and uh, we certainly appreciate all that you do too. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right. I think she's. I think she's gone. <laughs> she was like, uh, gonna... <laughs> yeah. Enough of this love fest here. <laughs> Oh, but that's really cool. Um, So, uh, ladies, we have another call on the line. Should we uh, find out who this mystery person is? I think I have a feeling, but... uh, (laughs) Sure.
2: (laughs) The person who answers the phone has a feeling about who it might be.
0: I have an inkling. (laughs) We're going to bring him on. Is this uh, who I think it is? Is this Brett from org? Yes, it is. Hello, Brett. Nice to hear from you tonight. What's on your mind?
6: Um... Well, I kind of had just a, it was like a parenting uh thing like Oh, cool. I kind of just wanted to see if I could get your ladies uh advice on like I guess just libertarian parenting, how to raise your kid with like, you know, the libertarian ideals and everything.
0: Ooh, that sounds like a big topic and uh yeah, I, I think uh we'd be happy to give you our thoughts on that for sure. Um we're coming up on a break, but uh if you hang through we can uh, we can give you the good stuff on the other side. So uh, more with Brett, libertarian parenting when we return. This should be an interesting topic. And you can give us a call at uh, 603-435-1105. This is She Talk Live. Give us a call. This is She Talk Live. Thank you so much for joining us. This is always a blast and we're having a great time as usual in the studio. We try not to miss the uh, openings when we come back from the breaks, but uh, you know, we can't really make any guarantees (laughs) up here. We're having fun in the studio. So uh, this is Stephanie with you. And Antigone. And Carla. Yes. And, uh, As we said, we're very excited to be here. And uh, if you would like to um, give us your input, lend your thoughts to the discussion, we've been talking about uh, feminism, liberty, women and liberty, um, 501c3 status, convincing statist friends to embrace the ideas of liberty, all that kind of good stuff. And now we're about to talk about libertarian parenting. Um, But... uh, where was I going with this? If you want to call us and uh, lend your thoughts in on this discussion, bring up those topics or anything else you want, you can call us at 603-435-1105. Uh, but right now we have our good friend Brett from Cop Block on the line. Brett, are you still ba- uh, Still there?
6: Yeah, I'm still here.
0: Excellent. Thank you for uh, sticking with us and being patient. And uh, you were mentioning before uh, we went to our last break that You had some uh, parenting questions that you wanted to ask us. And I have to admit, full disclosure, uh, we are three ladies (laughs) sitting here in the studio and none of us have uh, children of our own. (laughs) But I did have parents. Yes, we all had parents. (laughs) Yes, we did. (laughs) Actually, uh, I fell off the apple truck. but (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have to say... um, as far as parenting goes, you know, I spend a lot of time uh, listening to other Liberty-oriented podcasts, and I have to say, um, Free Domain Radio and Complete Liberty Podcast both have a lot of uh, really fascinating uh, stuff about parenting, and uh, specifically, re- recently on the Complete Liberty show, that they've been talking a lot about nonviolent communication, which I think is Extremely relevant to uh parenting and, and to interacting with anybody but uh but children in particular as well. So um just wanted to throw those things out there before we uh get started. So uh Brett, what were your specific uh thoughts about this?
6: Um, well, I don't know. It's mainly I, I mean, I fall victim to the usual parenting things a lot and I try not to because, you know, I don't because I know the way I was raised with my no with my dad, you know, if, if you did something he didn't like, his first reaction was just to yell at you. And if that still didn't mm-hmm. work, his only reaction was just to yell even more. And you know, I'm like, I don't, I really don't want to yell at my kids. Because yeah. you know I, that's not the best way to teach a kid. You know, right from wrong, or you know why she should do something, what the consequences of something are. That's one thing I always struggled with. And then there's the other thing is when, you know, because I get a short temper sometimes with my kids because she's seven years old. She's at that age sometimes where she just likes to. You know, cover your ears and la la la. I'm not going to listen to what you have to say. <laughs> and a lot of times, she'll ask me, you know, well, why? Do, why do I have to do this if I tell her to do something? And I, I catch myself most of the time, but I always fall back to that usual line a lot of parents use, and that's well because I said, I said so. so. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I know. I try, I catch yeah. myself most of the because I'm like, you know, that that's a line. You know, that government likes to use. You know, well, why do I have to do something? Well, it's basically well because we told you to. Right. And. That's you know it's something I you know just I figure you know I like, see what you guys had to say about that because yeah you well, know I try and raise raise her with you know I raise her with ideas you know don't you know don't don't hit anybody don't do this you know just basic libertarian things you know mm-hmm. don't initiate force against somebody and all that.
2: But when she asks you, you know why? I, mean, I know it can be very annoying. Even though I don't have kids, I used to babysit my niece and nephew all the time, and I've. A lot of like experience with uh, little cousins and and all that, um, but when they ask why, I mean, have you? I mean, my initial reaction would be to actually answer their question. If they're throwing mm-hmm. a temper tantrum, and I wasn't uh, taking care of them when they were seven, because I, I think most seven-year-olds you can like have a conversation with. But if they're three and four and just having a tantrum, it's like, okay, you have that tantrum, and I'm gonna go over here and like do this fun thing, and you can't do this fun thing because you're having a tantrum. You can come join me when you're done. Um, was how I would deal with that. But, like, when they're asking you, why do I have to do that, like, have you considered, hmm, yeah, why does she have to do that?
6: Yeah, no, yeah, I try I try and re- remind myself, like, when she does that, I mean, like, you know, don't just say because I said so, like, try and, like, like explain to her the consequences of what she's about to do, you know, like, well, like, if she mm-hmm. likes to just, you know, now that it's cold out, it's getting winter time. she likes, you know, sometimes she'll still just want to walk outside without her jacket on, mm-hmm. and she'll get mad when I say, no, you do not go outside until you put your jacket on why do I got to put my jacket on? I'm just like, you know, I'm like, no, don't just say because I said so. Well, have you tried
0: in that situation, Brett, um, you know, uh, so it it sounds like what she's trying to tell you is that she needs autonomy. Like she needs choice and she needs to be able to decide, um, what kind of clothes she wants to wear. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and what you want is for her to be comfortable, right? Um, so have you, have you ever tried in that, in that situation, just telling her, um, Hey, it's really cold outside and, you know, when I go outside without my jacket, I feel really cold and I just want to make sure you don't feel cold when you go outside. Cause I think sometimes mm. if you tell her, well, you have to do this or, you know, uh, I want you to do this, put your jacket on, then the immediate kind of knee jerk reaction when a, a child feels that their autonomy is not really, uh, not really being considered as much as they want is to just say, well, no, or, you know, to react like this, uh, <laughs> this opposition, uh, this oppositional way. And I, adults do that too. I mean, I, I have that same reaction. If someone tells me, No, you can't do this and I, I usually say, Well, no, why? <laughs> you
2: know. You could so, also give her options, you know, I mean, I am still okay, I still wear flip flops on most days and people look at me like, I'm freaking crazy. <laughs> I'm fine wearing flip flops. Maybe not in January, but I mean, you know, most other people are wearing boots or something at this point. Actually both Stephanie and Carla are wearing boots. I'm awesome wearing flip flops, by the way. <laughs> Um, so, That's I mean, right. you could also consider saying like, you know, uh, would you like to wear this or this or this and like, you know, different sweaters or something because that way she has a choice, you know, following sure. uh, Stephanie's statement about autonomy, you know, uh, rather than saying you have to wear a jacket, you could say would you like to wear this or this or this? Because then she's taking control over the situation.
1: Um, that's a great suggestion. Um, another thought might be to say, fine, don't take it. Uh, you don't have to wear it. Just take it with in case you get cold. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is an issue that, you know, my dad came to visit the other day. And, and, <laughs> and we were outside and it's New Hampshire and it's, it was full and it was kind of cold. And I was sitting outside and I'm acclimatized to the weather here. And I had like a shirt on and they're from down south. And they were bundled up in jackets and my dad looked over me and he said, aren't you cold? Shouldn't you get a sweater? And I just had this moment where I was like, dad, I'm like almost 40 years old. If I was cold, I'd put a sweater on.
0: Right. So your autonomy was was not being respected in that case, Carla, or at least that's how you felt. But it, no, to, I didn't to him,
1: care. But I'm just like, maybe the kid's not cold. Maybe she's
0: like, <laughs> why right?
1: are you making me put a sweater on? I'm not cold right now. So, you know, be like, hey, take this for backup, you know, and, and maybe talk to her about sort of a survivalist kind of stuff. So, you know, you, no, 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 <laughs> well, no. Explain, no, and, and, explain and, and,
0: that you care, right? Yeah, like, explain so, that you just you want her to feel good. So right? you're
1: like, I'm not making you put the jacket on, but you know, I'm pretty sure because it's cold outside, you're gonna be cold if you don't. So you don't have to put it on, but you have to take it with you. And if you're cold, put it on. I think yeah. what we're all saying is give her options.
0: Yeah. You know? I, I'm I mm. think I think uh I'm saying try to figure out which, which of her needs are not being met, you know. Um this is this is kind of the nonviolent communication thing that I was uh, Which I think to is before. retarded, by the way. <laughs> I hate yeah.
1: it. I hate it. I hate it. I'm not sure what I think.
0: Okay. Well, some people, you know, I don't know if you if you guys have looked into it or anything, but uh, I think for for children, it's it's really um, interesting and it has a lot of interesting uh, insights. And I I kind of wish that uh, you know I had had more of it in my life when I was a people kid.
1: People had raised you that way, yeah, yeah. and
0: because a kid, I mean, kids just kids need things, right? They need your Affection, they need food, they need rest, they need um, water and all these things. And, you know, a lot of times when they're doing something, quote unquote, bad or something that bothers you or, or, you know, you think isn't in their best interests, they're just trying to tell you what they need, but they can't really say it. They can't really say, I need sleep, I'm tired. And so they start to cry or they start to, you know, have a temper tantrum or something. And, and so to, you're
1: saying, in this scenario, you think she may need autonomy, so she needs to be able to make her own decisions, yeah, which then means giving her more options allows her to make a decision which is not being ordered to do it,
0: yeah yeah, what do you think about that, Brett? We're coming up on the break, but yeah. uh any well, any thoughts
6: yeah I, I know there's a lot of times you know i, I i'm a big I'm a big believer in you know, just you know learn by doing like you know fine you know you, you you know, I'm telling you, don't put jacket on jack and honor. You know, don't touch that water; it's too hot for you, or something. If mm. she still wants to do it, you know, I'm just being, like, all right. You know, this is what's going to happen. But if you want to go ahead and do it, I go. You're going to learn real quick. Just go ahead and do it. And I bet
0: you're not going to. Fred, do it hold again. on, hold on. We'll bring you back when we come back. This is She Talk right. Live. This is She Talk Live. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We certainly do appreciate you listening. And we're launching into the final segment, but we may have a little surprise in store for our hardcore listeners after the show ends, maybe doing an extended, depending if we can pull it off. <laughs> and uh, there's only one segment left to go, but uh, you can give us a call at 603-435-1105 if you so desire to share something with us. Um, before the end of the show. Um, So before the break, uh, we were talking with Brett, uh, Brett from copblock.org. Very cool blogger there. I always enjoy his stuff. Um, And he had some, you know, Brett has a a daughter, I believe, of his own, and uh, he had some parenting questions. Uh, We also have Johnson on the line, so uh, he had some interesting stuff to say as well. We'll bring him on after we talk to Brett. Um, But Brett, um, before we came up on the break, uh, we were talking about the kind of the situation where um, your daughter was hesitant or reticent to put her coat on before going outside in the cold and uh, you know we were talking about you know maybe letting her just go outside without it and see what see how she reacts if she feels cold or whatever Um, and then you had some thoughts about that so go ahead finish up your thoughts Um, what else did you have to say
6: Um, yeah that was just one I was just saying that's one thing I you know I do one of the ways I teach her you know how you know why she should do something one you know sometimes I'll explain the consequences to her you know this is what happens if you do this, you know, or if you want to go out, you know, you know, it's 15 degrees out snow and 30 mile an hour winds outside. You know, if you want to go out with a coat without a coat on right now, you right. know, you're probably going to, you know, freeze, maybe get hypothermia if you're out there for too long, you know, and you don't want that. Some other times I'll just be like, all right, you know, just go outside without a coat on, you know, go. I'll bet you you'll be back in in 30 seconds. ain't you know?
1: nothing like losing a toe to learn a lesson. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is what I was saying during the break, like let her go without it, but then like, you know, keep. Keep an eye on her because, I mean, she is the daughter of an anarchist. She might be very, very stubborn. Um, So yes, keep an it. eye on her uh, and, you know, have the jacket. But she'll most likely come to you and, like, Daddy, I'm cold, you know. And it's like, yeah, that's right. Living another 20, 30, however many years more than you has given me a little bit of knowledge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... There was, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Brett. Oh, I
6: was going to say there was something I thought of, I thought of during the break there. I thought I'd ask you. Um, Oh, about... I guess maybe it goes in with self defense or something just but like one thing I teach um like I teach her and um she's got a step brother that sometimes I watch you know it's it's not my kid but her mom's got a had had another baby with somebody else mm-hmm. and one thing I you know I try and teach them is one you know I I try I tell her you know you never initiate for you know never you know hit somebody or anything like that but I I thought I'd see what you guys thought of one thing that I do teach her cuz I'm big on self defense you know if someone if she gets hit by someone, I tell her, you know, it's okay. You can go ahead and hit him back. Oh, you know, hell hit no. them, you know, okay, Yeah, Brett, hit him once, but, maybe. What you know, about, you know, don't don't beat him up, maybe. But. Right.
0: What about figuring out? I don't know. I, I I I would probably advocate, you know, figuring out why, you know, what led to that hit. What can we solve mm-hmm. this conflict in a way that doesn't involve violence? And while you're thinking yeah. about it, you it's, might get hit again. Um, yes. Is she
2: going to uh, public school? No judgment.
6: Um. Yes, yeah, so it's yeah against my will right now. Yes, she
2: does. Yeah, I understand. Um, so that's a difficulty, and I mean, I went to private school, but still, it's the same model. And uh, and I've heard many times, like someone will get bullied, someone will get you know smacked around or whatever. And when they defend themselves, guess who gets suspended? You know, it's it's it's. Mm-hmm. I really hate that. And so at one point, um, some boy uh, lifted up my skirt, and uh, I was really upset about that. Yes. And I chased him and. I I was eight or nine. I I have no idea what I was going to do if I caught him. But I got detention for trying to reta- retaliate in some way. Like he was trying to humiliate me uh, by doing that, or what? You know, I I don't know what the hell the eight year old was thinking. Um, but and I remember talking to my parents like this isn't fair. You know, like he's the guy who, of course, I didn't. And what know did the your words, initiate force? Uh, oh, my parents said, well, you got, you got detention, so you have to serve detention. What? No.
0: Mm. You know? So they weren't listening to you at all. They didn't really.
2: Oh, hell no. No.
0: Uh,
2: no, not at it's all, good. because it, it's that whole authoritarian thing. So, I mean, yeah. uh, were I to uh, be a parent, I would make sure that the child would know, like, like, for instance, if my kid would were to get detention for that exact same thing, mm-hmm. I'd go argue with the people there at the school until I got my way, pretty much. Like, no, she's not going to do that. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, What I mean, are
1: they going to do about it? I'm going to expel your kid. Yeah, okay, if, I'm going to go to the other school. If in a free market, that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, kids need advocates, definitely. I mean, I think it's important for them to at least feel like their parents are listening to what they say and sticking up for them in instances where they need it. Right,
2: so, yeah. Brett, my parents should have stuck up for me, yeah. and that's what I'm saying he should do with her.
0: Yeah, so Brett, uh, I do want to make sure we get to Johnson's call just before the end of the show, but um, any final thoughts for us? Was this helpful at all?
6: Uh yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, the one thing I try, you know, I taught her, but why I taught her that's because you know she came home with a note one day, you know, she, I think I don't remember if she had hit somebody like in line for lunch or something like that, or a kid had hit her and she hit him back or something, you know, I tried teaching her, hey, you know, if somebody at school hits you, I was like, you know, just I was like, don't hit him back, you know, go to the teacher, you know, and tell them, say, you know, that way, you know. Because you know, if you hit him back, maybe you're probably going to be the one that gets in trouble. Right. But then I thought, you know, if I do that, you know, I'm teaching her, hey, if the, any problem you have, just go to an authority, and I don't, you know, I don't want her when she gets older just to think anytime she has a problem, you know, you yeah. might just believe that she can just, you know, go call the police for whatever kind of problem you have I, or something. Brett, I'm sort of,
1: I, I don't know, I, I maybe I'm going to disagree with the ladies here tonight because that's sort of what I've been doing, but I think if someone initiates force against you. You're entitled to self-defense. And I, I, I realize, you know, and I'm a very nonviolent person. And, and my husband and I argue about this all the time because, you know, it, it is that question, you know, and it 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 circles down to, I mean, where it ends up is what is a just war? When is preempt, preemption good, blah, blah, blah. But I think, you know what, if a kid pops you, you should teach your kid to hit the other kid back. And I know that's a terrible, that Stephanie's looking at me like, what? But I think it's worse to teach your child to go to a middleman, to call 911, to rely on someone else to protect you. If someone initiates force against you, you take care of that. Right there. Stop right. dropping. Does, it, does it always take idea. care of
2: it, though? You are not disagreeing I, with me. I'm not saying anything against that. I should not have been punished for trying to get that kid back. Not at all. No, but you there's shouldn't also have. you know, I'm not saying there would be anything wrong with, with doing that in self-defense, but there's also, think about the situation. How did you get hurt? Like, is that person going to hit you again? You know, like with uh, Stephanie's, um, when Stephanie was saying, you know, uh, think about why they're hitting you, blah, blah, blah. If someone is, you can tell, like, are they about ready to, to hurt you again? You know, because then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna think about their psychology. Screw that! I'm so, going to stop they them hit from you, hitting me. So they <laughs> you, they
0: hit you, you hit them back, and then what happens? You're in a fight. Well, I mean, it may not stop it may not stop the violence no, so necessarily.
1: I, would just let them I think hit often I think often people who lash out and who hit and whatever are bullies, mm-hmm. and I think often it doesn't hurt to hurt a bully back because the bully goes, "Oh crap! I I, I don't really want to be in this situation." They they don't want people to fight back. And you know what? That's how, you know what? If someone punched a bunch of police in the <laughs> face when they were little, like little, gonna be I don't know. I think people do this. punch
0: people. I think people do punch the people who grow up to be police in the face when they're kids. And then no, they grow I up and they the wanna take it out on everybody else. the person who punches
1: you in the face is the policeman from the start. And I think if we start punching them back on the
0: playground, but but his dad is punching him in the face do you understand i mean
1: uh, okay. i know well, i we've, know we've got 2 minutes left we've got 2 minutes left i, mean, I, I want to make sure we talk. get it. you want to like, talk so-
2: it out first and foremost but no actually no you want First and foremost, you want to stop yourself from getting hurt again. Of course, it's good to talk it out. But if you call the cops, if you call authority figures, whatever, as a kid, you're going to get detention or suspension. As an adult, if you call the cops because someone is messing with you, what are the chances that you're going to end up like shot or whatever because you're holding an apple and they think it's a gun? I mean, oh, the
0: cops are going to hurt you for
2: sure. Yeah, you definitely don't want to teach your kid to go to the authority figures.
0: Sure. I wasn't suggesting that. I was saying, you know, there's possibly another way you can deal with someone who's Threatening you, like restraining them or removing yourself from the situation or something like that? I
1: mean, I do like those suggestions. I'm not saying like I'm not like some uber crazy, violent person. I have uh, defense. You know, but but we're talking about defense. And I so I think that's an important part of this
0: discussion. Defense, but not punishment or, you know, revenge. I mean, I don't know. There's a difference. But I'm talking about stopping I'm- them from hitting you the second time. And, and if you hit them back, it, it kind of just seems to escalate the situation. I, I don't know. I mean, just, not, maybe
1: the suggestion is to say, you know what, um, teach. We're up I mean, against the clock. You know, against, it's, it's, we've
0: got one minute left. I just want to make sure we get Johnson's thoughts in before, oh, okay. before the end of the show. Sorry about that. <laughs> right. I, I don't know how to extend uh, this show. So I don't know. Maybe we can discuss, discuss it off the air. But, uh, Brett, thanks for calling in. We we really appreciate this. Maybe we can continue it next time. And uh, and thanks for the call. Uh, Johnson, very quickly, I'm sorry we uh, yeah. didn't get to your call until just the very I'll talk end. Fast. So, sure. Well, you will go me. in overtime, <laughs> but um, I would like to. I can't figure out how to um, load it up. We need Ian's help. So Carla went to go get listening. Ian. <laughs> Maybe we'll come back in a few. Oh, Johnson. Johnson is gone. <laughs> Johnson is gone. So, oh, jeez. <laughs> so hopefully we'll be uh, coming back if we can figure out how to do this. If not, uh, thank you for listening. We certainly do appreciate it. This has been She Talk Live. Maybe next month we'll be a little more on top of our game. Until then, thanks for listening. And have a great week.